Bearcat Bounce Podcast, back at it again. It's a Monday. It's a Monday night. A Monday night after four wins in one week. Monday night. A Monday night after a 3-0 start in year two of the West Miller era. Under the beautiful fifth, third arena Monday. And then a Monday after finally done playing ECU. One final stamp. One final victory, 27-25. Going to completely break down absolutely everything, but it is a Monday night. So that means it's no better time to, to welcome in my my pals, my guys who, who take in Bearcats left and right. And yes, we will be discussing that big thing that's happening on Wednesday, and I'm not talking about the trip back to Northern Kentucky and BBT, BB&T Arena. I'm talking about Chad Brendel. I'm talking about Aaron Smith, and I'm talking about Ryan Royer whenever – Ryan Rohr decides to come in, but gentlemen, how are we? Yeah, you know, it's a Monday. I, I, it was the first kind of day I had to like rest a tiny bit in like the last two weeks. So it was, uh, it was rather pleasant, but now the rest is over. It's time to get back to work. I was going to say, let's, let's, let's hope Wednesday completely spoils that for you. Uh, but I'm I'm not even gonna say hi to the guy below me yet. But uh, Aaron Smith, how are we? I'm doing all right. I mean, it was a it was a relatively good weekend. Got to hang out with the family. Got to see Chad more than one day. Um, wow. Got got some galactic on Sunday, so it was it was a, it was a good weekend. Oh, that's a full week. Okay, Ryan, welcome into the BVP. How are we? Doing well. Please excuse my tardiness. Uh, Chick-fil-A ran out of spicy chicken deluxes. They had me waiting in line for 15 minutes, but we'll forgive them. They gave me a couple uh, little gift card things to make up for it, so it's forgiven. But but, um, it was a good weekend. It was good. I mean, 4-0 on the weekend. Well, finished the weekend 4-0 for the Bearcats, so can't complain about that. Winning is winning, but a good time. Caught up with some friends. Got to see my girlfriend. So, got to see you Ryan, guys. Ryan, I got a question. Yo, what's your take on surprises? My take on surprises? Yeah, are you a surprise guy? I like surprises. Yeah. Well, well, first, what first, if we have though, a surprise for you? I mean, go first, ahead. It was a little, it was a little weird that Ryan just called me his girlfriend, but I, I mean, <laughs> yes, it was, it was good to meet you in person for the first time as well, but. Yeah, we're moving know, fast, man. We're not going to jump that fast. And and Aaron, you went to Galactic Fried Chicken. I wouldn't have lunch with Mr. Dan Coe. Joe with Dan Coe Transmission put some new grates, new pads, and everything on mine. Just had to had to shout out to Dan Coe before, you know, the uh, surprise that we have in store. But Dan Coe Transmission and Auto Care, hit him up. Joe's the man. Joe's the I man. I went there, too, this week. Got lunch with him. Got some good Mexican food. Uh, got my oil changed. <laughs> he loves that Mexican. That's his good. Yeah. I think he it needed that good. Mexican place. Yeah, it was good. I've been there. I liked I it. Think, yeah. Aaron, you're the only one I think. I'm the only one. I, the Mexican it's, place. It's true. <laughs> the mega quesadillas, man. He's all over those. Shout That's out to I got man. too. I, I got That's a great place. spot they got over there. You know, who can, you know who can, Ryan, you know who can crush a mega quesadilla? Who? This guy. What's up, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I could I could put oh one of those away. Royer oh, yeah, you could Royer put knows. more than that away. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Hello. 
<laughs> oh, this is great, dude. Yeah. Oh man, Joel, you're a little lion ass, dude. He's texting. Why? Us he texted. He was texting our boys. He's like, "Who's playing the game tonight?" And yeah. I saw after that. this, we will be playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's All right. A little it. late night, late night session, like the old days. Yes, we need one. This is been a while. Playing, playing, playing the game. Uh, is that? Are, are online game. <laughs> it's a little, a little call of duty. Yeah, it's a specific game, but we call it the game. You know. Oh uh, yeah. That was a transition well, actually, I made. He did. He did say. Ryan said that you were the best Call of Duty player out there. I am. I did. It's been a while. I've, I've been in retirement. My uh, my computer. I play on computer, uh, but uh, it's been out in Cincinnati, so I'm back at my setup here. Yeah. Oh God. He's back. Oh, yes, back. He's absolutely on. <laughs> but yeah, it's a nice little surprise set up. Aaron and, and Chad got this rolling. They said, "Why not get the get the arch nemesis of the of the ECU Pirates in for the uh, for the final <laughs> for the final sayonara to them?" So, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, there we go, guys. We got to dive right into it. Why not? We got Joel here. First off, Joel, how are you? You were able to get back into the to. Uh, Nipper, nip at night, man. We, oh, yeah. we all saw you on the field prior to the game. It was Got electric. Set. Yes. Explain that setting and just how, how it was for both of you guys throughout your entire career. Cause man, that, that Friday night was, uh, that was special. Oh, absolutely. Royer, I don't know how you felt, you know, the first couple of times you've been back in the nipper, especially, you know, not playing, but, uh, it's definitely weird. And you just, I don't know. It's, you feel a part of them, you know what I mean? But, like I'm not dressed up. They look huge. I feel small compared to them. I'm like, you I'm feel bigger small. Than these imagine guys. me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but I, I mean, it was so much fun being out there. And I, I love watching, you know, all those guys you love and care and you've built relationships with. You know, just go out there and succeed. And um, the most stressful part is when it's especially a home game, but any game when it's close. Um, you know, the first couple games I was stressed uh, just watching on TV, but being there adds a level of anxiety that, uh, you know, you're there, so you want to be a part of it, but you're not anymore, but you still feel like you are. And so I'm like, you know, I, I, I swear they still got my pads back there. I can just go throw them on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, so we got to get to something first with Joel. So, so Joel was with – Bearcat royalty on the field early. <laughs> I feel like uh, I know they, what you're about to say. And then they were whisked. They were whisked up to uh, you know special areas within the the facility. And then in the fourth quarter, I turn around and there's Joel. And I was like, you know, did they kick you out? Or we got down to the bottom of it though, right, Joel? You you didn't have the chain. Yeah, and that's how you get into those secret areas. Is Absolutely. a thirty thousand dollars. I could only get so far, and then they got you know up to the higher floors, and uh, you know they <laughs> they walked out of the elevator, and I was stopped at the door, so I just went back down. He was wearing a white T-shirt, man. He couldn't get in the club. Well, I think it was a ten thousand dollar, you know, price tag <laughs> minimum on uh, you know the bling, and I didn't have any, so. Yeah, really unlike Joel to not be wearing his $40,000 necklace. He used to wear it all the time at football, but I, I think he forgot Blanco it. Blanco is a lot of ice. I'd wear it to the cold tub. I mean, everywhere. <laughs> you couldn't just pull off like I'm Chris Hemsworth. You got to let me in. 
It didn't work this time. I mean, you know, <laughs> they're looking for diamonds. Do you guys even want to know how I got into the game itself? Yes. Mike, I'm going to turn myself in here. So obviously. <laughs> just walked in. Well, uh, not exactly. We are um, one of these. You know, so most people don't recognize old 35, but. You got to put, uh, put the paint on and they would be like, oh, Royer. Yeah. See ya. So we, uh, we, we're going to the, went to the loading docks. Cause like, you know, you know, your way around the stadium and you just walk right through and Absolutely. there's some innocent old lady there kind of trying to make sure everything's going all right. I'm like, ah, I need some electrolytes. You know where the training room's at? She's like, Oh yeah. Just right over here. Just, I'm like, Oh, thank you. Just walk right through. Just Man. walk my happy ass down to the, down to the <laughs> sideline. And then I realized it was 30 degrees. I had a short sleeve shirt on and I was like, all right, I'm going to go make my way over to a, the heater and just posted up there and had one of my dumber moments in my football watching career. When I thought we were losing 27, 25, as I'm screaming, why are they going for it? Punt it, punt it to us. <laughs> and then finally realized we were winning 27, 25. So that, that made my, made my night a lot more relaxing and yeah. a lot less stressful, but <laughs> No, but Joel, it's funny because it's probably a lot harder for you, but I'm right back in my element on the sideline, taking it all in. You know, I did a lot of that my four years. So it was just, you know, another it was another night nip at night for me, man. Just right. When there's a timeout the quarter. When there's a timeout and everything's going haywire, I just want to get in the huddle and just be a part of everything and what they're talking about and all the adjustments and what I'm seeing. And me, I just got my uh, my hand in my pants, maybe chat with Bolden or something, just <laughs> messing right. around. Right, right. We're the specialists. Yeah, messing with yeah. Burton, Fletcher, right. doing yeah. that good old stuff. That's the Not difference much between a first teamer and a third teamer, right? The first teamer's in the huddle. Even if they're not playing, involved, and the third teamers dicking around with special teams on the sideline. Oh, that's my role. I was the spot coach. <laughs> I was making sure we were all we were all working mor together. Morale coach. Yeah, the team jester. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god damn. I love it. I love it. I you know what then? You guys, I just wanted you guys to keep keep talking, but I but I'm just changed the subject a tiny bit. Yeah, you're good. All it is, ECU. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say ECU, and I want you guys to break down your your thoughts and your feelings on those those pesky pirates and the fact that most likely I'd say 95. Who have now who have now yep. called Luke Fickle dirty? Yep. That they want an investigation on into Brian the threats. events of Friday night, and Send they think charges jail. should be pressed. Criminal charges yep. against Brian. Who's saying threats. this? The head coach, like, and I saw it. Yeah. Their head coach, the me of ECU, is saying this. Like the guy <laughs> that runs their twenty four seven site, he yeah. went on a fifty minute rant today about how it's a conspiracy and it was rigged and like no, I, this like <laughs> we're we're three days from the game, guys. Yeah, their like, coach thought it was a an inside job. Aaron, can you find that? Yeah, he thought it was a dirty play. I'll see if I can find the uh, the actual yeah, clip. He here. said it, basically it was a dirty play, but we shouldn't <laughs> be surprised because that's who they well, are. Well, it all stems back from one of my favorite exchanges of the COVID year when Joel did the right. fake punt. It's all oh Joel's fault. Afterwards, afterwards is the it was far ever. before though. I mean, I remember <laughs> going to ECU. I don't know if it was like 
like 2017 or 2018, but we were there. The sauce, the sauce pick six. Yeah, and it was just a slug match back and forth. Yeah, and when they uh, just it was when they just threw like Holt Nailers was like throwing a five the whole game, right? Yes. And uh, we had so many personal fouls. People were going back and forth. They were talking. We were talking. Everybody was losing their mind. And that was like a huge, like, uh, if we lost, we didn't go. Yeah. We were going to ruin our season by losing. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like a huge, like, eye opening moment that, like, yo, it's great to, like, toe that line, but we can't lose our mind, especially the, these, these chumps. Yeah, <laughs> but that last uh, two years ago was the best. This one, oh their gosh. coach chew- chewing out Coach Fig. That was Bush uh, League. I can't. <laughs> coach Raymond comes over. Shut that fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Quit wasting uh, your time with this loser. Yeah, it was. I mean, I don't know how far this is gonna reach, but it was. Yeah, Coach Raymond. Let's go. Tried Let's to go. Beat, he he went, tried to go over there and, and BD the ECU coach. It was it was so <laughs> funny, and he, he was we were we were clowning him about it the next day, and he was wearing it on his chest. Like, yeah, yeah, I did that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holt Nailers said it too. Basically, yeah. they were dirty and like they're like the basically what they're saying is they put a hit out on Keaton Mitchell. Keaton Mitchell. If yeah. anyone has watched Brian Threads all year, that that's like, what he does. Not that yeah. he plays dirty, but he that's, that's how he, he plays. Yeah, yeah, he just kills people, and like you don't you can't take that out of someone. They're gonna that's the way he plays football, and so he might get a couple ejections, but he's not trying to like. They physically. threw a lob like, wheel route down yeah. the sidelines. Yeah, it's he, it's, he, it's, he, it's a kill shot. Float in the air. Do. That reminded me of uh, when Cam Chancellor took out Vernon Davis, you know? When you oh, let man. it hang in the air, like, you're setting your receiver up. It, the quarterback should be taking it on the chin. Just don't hit him in the head. Just hit him as hard as you humanly possible. And he possible. didn't mean to hit him in the, in the head. He hit him no. shoulder to chest. Yeah. But because yeah. he dropped the ball, point. he was – like, his head was coming down because he dropped the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Threats hey. didn't even separate him from the ball. He dropped the ball. Yeah, yeah. What's the safety supposed to do in that? You know, exactly. let him catch it and then and then push him. You know, no, they're supposed yeah, to push right. him on a bound. Get up kill. there and disrupt it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, just to kill just, them. I don't know. Sir, that, <laughs> that's not literally. Does the AAC have enough money for an investigation? <laughs> no shot. They they can't afford they can't afford a conference day, <laughs> conference media day. They can come on, man. Nah, they pay that Zoom bill. That's about all they got. But, uh, you yeah. know, Ryan, you brought up the, the fake punt. Joel, I two years removed. Yeah. I think I think you can break down the play for us. Listen, listen. I think just for any team, I don't know how far this is going to go out, but any team, watch out, putting six people on one side. So <laughs> we had a check. It was just sometimes it's a call, sometimes it's a check. And that game, it was a check. And. If they had it was live a, the whole game. Yep, six man overload. Uh, we were gonna, you know, check it to our, our, our fake, and uh, it's supposed to be an option on the backside, but uh, uh, they only had two people, so we didn't need to do it. And uh, <laughs> true or false? Wide open. You gave Mace the thumbs up, and Mace gave it back to you. No, no, so, that's a rumor. Be- no, it's it's partly true. So I go out <laughs> before before the punt. I mean, we're killing them, right? The game's kind of over a little bit. I played. Bit. I was playing. Warrior played. Is That's that when you when know you, things are going well. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Royer had a pretty infamous play. Yeah, we'll talk about that after. We'll talk about that after. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I go to Maze before. I'm like, yeah, so is, you know, our, our, our fake still on? He's like, uh, yeah. He's like, yeah. You know, he said, yeah, but not like a really confident. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, whatever. <laughs> you know, I go out there. Sure enough, they line up in it. And this is a fake we've been holding on for like four or five years at this point. Like for big moments, big moments. We've had it called in a couple of games and we like, like kind of pushed out, you know, and, and we didn't run it. And uh, so saving it for the big one, saving it for the big one when we're up <laughs> by 25. We're up Royer point levels. So. Yeah. <laughs> and so. I see the look out there and I look over the sideline and I see Fick and Fick's, you know, walking like a Sasquatch, you know, across the sideline. <laughs> and I just look at him. I give him a thumbs up because he was kind of looking at me and he just keeps walking. I'm like, all right, well. And His I'm house like, is probably thinking about defense, man. No <laughs> doubt. Yeah. And so. I, Where I, the I fuck make, is the threes? <laughs> <laughs> I make the check and you see everybody adjust their stance and. Sure enough, we run it and we go. <laughs> twenty nine yards. Ooh. Yeah, twenty nine. My high school number. I know. And then you know, Coach Mason lost his GD mind. Oh like, my celebrating. Gosh. Yes. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I, I think he flexed to the other <laughs> sideline. He's like, the black guy. <laughs> you know the first time I called your number. The person I felt worse for in all of that was Brian Wright because I saw Brian Wright run that fake in practice a hundred times and he never once got to do it. And then yeah. you get back there and, and your number gets called. Yeah, can you, well, can you imagine, Joel, it being, being Brian Wright watching that play and well, you rumbling for 29 yards? Right. Well, uh, Josiah DeGaro was our guy for it beforehand and I think maybe in between – uh we had be right yeah be right you know try some of it but at the end of the day they're like you know joel can practice enough like they didn't trust me at all to do it but i, like, I promise i can do it so after like every practice every week we'd practice it and so yeah and then me and you would do pitches before every yes after every me and joel would practice pitches every warm-up every yes. game <laughs> people so no one would know it was no one they're like they're probably like, what the why are where they, they doing that are, they, are they playing little little grab ass <laughs> it was it was foreshadowing the whole time and no yes. one knew. and then there was the 75 yard touchdown run to put but, a to put uh, a lid young, on my it. man Cam young, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh my gosh yeah he was Shadow like, how can you be mad about that it was just a normal inside zone play it you was just, it was yeah, yeah it's basically a dive that they didn't yeah. even touch him like, didn't even touch right that was such an awesome moment too i mean yeah you, you get a guy, who you get a guy like that, absolutely guys that work hard and, and get an opportunity to go in at the end of the game like our buddy royer here and yeah the uh, same thing happened with me. Start- I had, so i don't know if you guys remember but in that east game i i blitzed sacked the quarterback and running back at the same time picked yep. them up carried them into the opposing end zone for a safety and then I went on the kickoff and then returned that for a touchdown. Do you guys remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I thought well, I, actually, need to, I thought I need I to tell him how I remember it. <laughs> yeah, Joe, let's hear it. You remember it. Yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> was it a blitz, Royer? Was it like a main? 
I think it was Maine. I don't remember if I was playing Will or Mike. I, don't I think you're playing Mike, and it, it might have just been you, but you go to Blitz, and, uh, you know, you kind of get caught a little bit. Got caught. And, uh, you, you fight really well, but then he gets you. He really just turns Dude, you he over. Was mad. He, he was mad. That O-line felt every bit of that 49 oh, nothing, yeah. man, and they took it out on me. <laughs> no doubt. But then, then you yeah. get back up. You get back up, and you start fighting again. He puts it on your butt again, and yep. then you get back up again. And uh, he, he, no, the he second time, he, the second time, he just kept like pushing me down into the ground, and I'm fucking, I'm swinging as hard as I can. I wanted to kill this kid. Like I was like, I was like, we're going like right now. I don't care. <laughs> and we both get an offsetting personal foul, but while that's happening, my boy Will Adams is getting the the fumble recovery and I'm getting mauled on the ground. And then I had to defend my honor to coach Vic. He's like, he's like, I don't know if we can ever let you go back in the game. I I said, I said, if you ever put me in a game, I swear to effing Christ, that'll never happen again. I'll show your ass. I was so embarrassed, so, so mad. And like, I was just waiting for us to blow someone out just so I could kill someone. I was waiting for weeks Never happened though. <laughs> so I have that. Now video. that you bring oh. it up, I do. I do remember that actually. Now that you bring it up, because what Chad and I were one of the handfuls of people that were allowed in during those yeah. games, just just sitting up in the press box. So like you're really keyed in on those moments. So and that was senior night too. So I was like trying to trying to pinpoint all the big like senior performances. Cam Young was the biggest one. And then, yeah, and who knows? But yeah, Aaron, you, you got that video. I have, I have that video queued up. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's there's targeting, and then there's that. That, that was a pretty dirty play. It's just, um, you know, there wasn't any kind of effort to try to make a play on the ball out there. That was, you know, trying to take you out. I just, you know, I hate the uh, Just a, he's a great competitor. But, uh, really proud of Marl. Stepped up. <laughs> Yeah, right there. Here's the. Here's the. Let's see. I love to listen to the post game interviews with coaches after we beat them, because they just are so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh my god, he got that. He got it that bad. He went to the ambulance. That no, that was C.J. Johnson at the end. Yeah, um, I heard about that. Do you know what happened with him? Um, he just landed on his head. Yeah. So they were obviously, Man. as they were tackling him, they they had his arms wrapped because they didn't want him to la- lateral. Yeah. So he kind of got spun around, and as he went down, he he hit his head wrong. But yeah, there wasn't yeah. any effort. Uh, yeah. Okay. There wasn't any effort to make a play on the ball right there. That was trying to take him out. I, I we watched a different play. Absolutely. I mean, he's just trying to <laughs> yeah. protect his guys. Yeah, he's grabbing for straws. Yeah. Coach I mean, it, would never it was a complete so football play. Well, and if it was the other way around, you know, it's just a great football play, you know, and that's that's why you don't loft it, you know, in the in the in the corner, you know, with a one high safety that a guy that can cover ground. So and wants to hurt people, not literally, but wants to hit them as hard as they can. Right. <laughs> Plays the game the right way. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I do, I, I do, I do commend Stephen Igo though. Um, there were a bunch of people after their their the game uh, calling into the post game radio shows, demanding that he be fired for not asking the hard questions at the press conferences. There's nothing I love more than fans demanding media ask their uh, alcohol infused uh, questions at press conferences. Yeah, I love it. I love it. You know what? I, you know what you tell them, Royer. Tuesday night, Montgomery in. Go ask yeah. it yourself. See how it goes. <laughs> Good luck. There you go. Good luck. That's, is he still go there? Yeah, that thing, it's it's contractual. Yeah. You have to. Okay. That's funny. You have to do the coach's radio show every week. He could probably eat a whole rack of ribs with his big ass mouth and big ass teeth, Coach Vic. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Biggest teeth in the AAT. I'm out. That was Ryan Royer. Hey, you can tell I said that. I want to hear his. I want to hear his response. Did you hear him today? Call Vrabel fat. Mm-hmm. Who called they, the players? Sick. Sick. Called Vrabel. McAfee he was calls like everybody fat. He calls me fat. Burton fat. Joel, he called everybody fat. <laughs> he was on Pat McAfee, and McAfee was like, you and Vrabel, who you got? And he's like, I don't know. Vrabel's getting a little fat. I think I can take him. Well, did, didn't McAfee say that Fix got a huge, like, forehead skull? He's, oh, yeah. He's, he's yeah. Like, you got all that skull right there you can really <laughs> bash some heads with. It's like, all right. Everyone's just taking shots right now. Um, but, you know, so, uh, so my question, a little bit along the lines of, like, dirty play. You kind of see it all throughout this year. Kind of like that 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 final game heading out. Is, is this the Ailers one, Aaron? Or yeah, Holton Ailers on the Keaton Mitchell targeting play. I 100% think they were trying to take him out. It was a dirty play, and they're known for that. So that's all I'm going to comment on that. How how is Cincinnati known for that? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, Roethlisberger Jr. to chill out. Yeah, <laughs> he really wants to be like him. I mean, how much does this guy weigh? He Joel, did you see how big he looked? He he looked oh, massive. He, he looked, he looked like he was 260. Big. Yeah, his face, man. Yeah. His hair was going back too, man. I felt bad for him. Jeez. I, I hate to say it. <laughs> He's 28 years old, though. I mean, it's yeah. you, you got you guys won't have the frame of reference on here, but he's he's starting, he's he's looking a lot like Gunnar Keel. Really? But, oh, I know. Bigger. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know you're talking about <clears throat> fatter than Gunner. Yeah, the, the I know the hairline, hair line, the the, yeah. the light blonde hair. He had his helmet off before the game. I was like, is that Gunnar Keel's like younger brother? Huh. Honestly, like him and what was it the kicker or the punter? I mean, they're indistinguishable. They were and they wear the same, same number. damn number. Yeah. yeah. That should be illegal. And they're the you same weight. Do that. Yeah. <laughs> should be allowed to do that. What's the Penn State kicker from back in the day? The fat one. Yeah. That laid the boomstick. Yeah. <laughs> there should be an investigation. Charges should be pressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Joey something. Do you remember his name, Joel? The Penn State kicker. Yeah, ninety nine. The unit he used to lay the boom, like Joel said. And then the, people started like double teaming him, and <laughs> started getting Joe, Joey Julius. <laughs> yeah. Joey Julius. Yeah, Joey Julius. There it is. Oh wow! The, I, Google Joey Julius if you have time. <laughs> so, that so. is impressive. Holy <laughs> So no, this I, I just typed in fat Penn State kicker. And you know how Google gives you like the little suggestions? The first suggestion was what happened to the fat Penn State kicker? <laughs> he transferred I mean, to East. And the answer is uh, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> transfer to ECU. He's currently their quarterback, and and claims that Cincinnati's as dirty as all get out. But he hates Skyline. I guess he got put into like a like a like a treatment for eating disorders and depression and anxiety. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to make fun of him anymore. I feel bad. I mean, I. I typed in big Penn State kicker, so I I at least have a little bit of a heart for the fella. The boy JJ. Yep. We got Joey G. Julius. Joey G. Julius. I I I feel bad. (laughs) Anyway. We got some Julius to talk about later. Put a D in front of it. Yeah, we got some Julius to talk about later. But anyway, as I was saying, guys, the the whole, like, team's giving you their best shot. Did you Do you feel like teams try and take away the, I guess, talent? differential between you guys and them and, and try and just make it a, a backyard brawl. I mean, Ryan, we talked about this a little bit after Tulsa, and and I want to ask Joel as well. E- big Ethan Hall, 47 for Tulsa. I'm sure uh, I'm sure Joel you had a couple of, uh, of yeah, slams in the face of that guy. But but did you guys feel like teams try and push it, that little extra length to get under the skin and take away you know the talent and differential and, and make it a brawl? They have to. I mean, especially last year, no, every team knew they didn't stand a chance, and so they had to do something completely out of pocket. Like there are a couple, a few, like a few weeks stretch where we're kind of like struggling. Um, you know, where we had like some tight games, like the two lanes, the Navy, the Navy um, USF, Col- yeah, USF. Like Colsa, yeah. there, you go out there and guys are you know, the offense is completely different than what they've been doing all year because they have to like, so it, you know, you watch all this film throughout the week and then you go out there and it's just nothing of what you've seen. So, I mean, good thing we had some older guys who were able to adjust on the fly and who have played a lot of ball and, you know, were able to communicate with the coaches on the sidelines. But I mean, that's what teams do. I mean, especially teams like Tulsa and uh, even ECU, I mean, all the talking that goes on, like, it, you know, it wasn't just a th- this year thing. It's been happening for many, many years. And, uh, you know, Tulsa holds. I, I mean, I don't know. They get they get taught to hold. And yep. they got the like, crown. Yes. I mean, 47, you want to talk about 47? He would run an insert and just tackle me. Like, He's playing linebacker on offense. Linebacker, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, I mean – Kudos to him. I guess that's their brawler, but uh, get away with it. Uh, I mean, when you do it every play, you can only call it so much. So, right. Right. and it was funny because I guess they draft one of their uh, linemen last year got drafted, and one of the like the draft reports like, yeah, he kind of holds a lot. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they all do. Like <laughs> in this team, they're and taught so, to hold. Literally, and so yeah, I mean, teams have to find ways to especially when you're the top dog each and every year, find ways to, you know, mess with you. And I mean, yeah, it's hard to know as like a, you know, spectator, everything that goes on, but we study film pretty hard throughout the week. And so we know what a team's supposed to look like. And then, you know, a lot of times when they get some stuff, maybe they switched up a lot of things and uh, gave us some looks we haven't, we haven't, we weren't prepared for, and Navy, Navy last year, like, gotta say, they did some crazy stuff. They, they onside kicked it every time. Yeah, they were just trying to keep the ball out of our offense's hands. The formations and ways they were doing things against the defense is nothing like they've 
they really ever do. They said and, they prepared and developed a playbook about that's for twice as hard as they did for any um, academy than what they did for us. So I don't know why. I think ever since we beat them 42 nothing, uh, what was that, 2018, the yeah, year yeah. after they slacked us, oh um, they have had like a personal vendetta to like make amends. And last year was the pinnacle. It was like they were throwing the kitchen sink, trick plays, onside kicks, fakes, everything. Yeah, And they almost – did it they almost pulled it off absolutely but thank thank the lord no yeah. but what i've noticed a lot about like joel didn't really touch on was just kind of like the trash talking the after the play stuff the teams have really really tried to to you know do against us and it works man like our guys will lose their minds against these guys because guys will do you can get away with a lot of stuff on the football field and it's like the old adage it's second guy always gets caught and like yeah. Guys will anytime they do anything good, they want to let the best team in the con in the conference, one of the best team in the country, knows. Yeah, like I'm gonna talk my shit. I'm gonna let you know about it, and I'm gonna try to get under your skin and get in your head because I'm not as good as you. And teams have had a success with that. You know, mm-hmm. it's been the old adage of like stupid penalties that we we for some reason have not been able to get under control. I think we didn't do. We had a little bit better of a job. Only six of them on on yeah. Saturday. I was proud of the guys, but. Some it's costly still, ones, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not as bad. Normally you'd see like 100 yards, but like, oh, right. another Saturday night for Cincy. But, um, yeah, teams really like the trash talk to try to get in our heads, and it's worked. So. Well, there's a, one play in particular, and, and I don't know where you guys were at during this play, but that, that fourth and one where it was going to be a fourth and one, instead, as the teams are both going to their timeouts, it looked like there was a couple you know ECU players – lingering by the Cincinnati huddle and all of a sudden it, it it led to a supposedly there was a slap in the face no one really saw it and, yeah and then all of a sudden there was a looked like the defense was kind of really getting fired up at each other too it looked like a yeah trying to pull them back and whatnot right, right. yeah I, I don't understand how a Cincinnati player can kind of I mean get the call when the ECU guys are like all the way over on the other side of the field, and you have a couple <laughs> players like, like messing around over at our huddle. Like, how's that? I don't know. It reminded how's me of that? the Cincinnati. It reminded me of Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs when the Steelers were in their huddle during an injury, and the Bengals completely imploded, and Pittsburgh went on to win the the playoff game, and all hopes were crashed. Was that the fumble. Um, that was like the Vontez perfect. Uh, Pac-Man Jones, yeah, the, the Jeremy Hill fumble, implosion, yeah, the fumble. That, Ugh. but no, I that that play was a little weird because yeah, yeah. and and Luke even said in the post game presser that like five, you know, CJ Johnson, their wide receiver, was like you know smiling and laughing as he ran away because he like got away with one. Yeah. I mean that was a that was a massive call. It was fourth fourth and one turned into a first and ten. They scored a touchdown on the very next play. So it, it just seems like teams are. Pulling out all the stops, whether you know, be trying to get under skins and, and things like that. And I, who knows if that's like a scouting port, scouting report inside of a it scouting is. report where they're like, all right, 20, target him, get him fired yes. up. You know, I would bet him. my life savings on that. Yeah. And it's tough to, too, because I mean, you got guys like Deshaun Pace, Ivan Pace, and uh, a bunch of other guys on the defensive side of the ball that, you know, some threats. of our best, yeah, threats, some of our best players. 
you know, and they're good because they do play with all this emotion, you know what I mean? And energy, but it's pretty easy for them to kind of, you know, fall over that edge. Yeah. Lose it. My had that a lot. Right. Right. Just playing uh, on the edge of insanity. Yeah. And that's what makes them great, but you got to be able to have the maturity to like control it as well. And that's why you reply, reply, rely upon your teammates. But kind of going back to like the penalties and how big of an issue that's been, like, I don't think I, I think there have been a couple games this year that have been like really bad, but we've always been really penalized and it's always been an Achilles heel for us. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we've just been the past couple of years so much better than a lot of the teams that it didn't really matter, but it was always communicated like, you know, it may not matter now, but you know, it's going to, you know, when it really matters against a team that's, you know, worth their salt. So I think, we just it, it just makes games even that much more closer because maybe there's not as much uh talent as there was, you know, years prior. Not saying that, you know. Yeah, Joel, I've tried we've debated this like multiple times throughout this show this season. And like I've been like they'd ask me, like, hey, what does Coach Fickle do? Like, what should he do differently? I'm like, the only thing, like my last like line of resort here would have to be like, he'd have to start like benching guys for like a quarter, a half. Like that would be like the last line of defense that, but then you're like, do I want to do that? Do I, do I want to bench Deshaun Pace? Cause he slapped a guy in the face in a game or at practice. Do I want to sit him? Like, do I, would I want to sit my Jay Sanders for a November game? Because he, you know, lost his mind. Like, it's just like, you know, it's like how you want to toe that line of like how how much am I going to back my shit up if I'm Coach Vic and it's hard yeah. to do. And I don't think he's done a bad job. I think he's done a, as good of a job as he can. But that's like the last thing I can think of would yeah. be to, like how to punish I mean, guys to make If this make was them the stop. NFL, you'd you'd find start finding them. You know what I mean? Right. But right. but you can't do that. You know. And well, you could take away a meal at Martino's. How about that? but uh um yeah i mean we've tried so many things and it's just i don't know i i think it's almost like i don't want to say it's a part of who we are but you know we all we talk about is how being aggressive and you know we're okay with aggressive mistakes and we would you know after every game go through every penalty we have and as a team decide is this a stupid penalty is this an aggressive penalty or is it like a technique issue and so we go through that with every penalty and you know is that what gillum's around for like to to put you know this is the grade the penalties this is a dumb penalty i don't know what else he does <laughs> gillum is the chief <laughs> don't be talking about man papa g <laughs> he tried to kick me out of practice last week oh really yeah give him a piece of my mind because it was, I, you know, we have our media stuff on Tuesday, right? Yeah. But in a Friday game, Tuesday is Wednesday. So when I was at practice, he came up to me and he's like, hey, it's Wednesday. Get your ass out of here. No media is allowed in here on Wednesday. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> no, we, not, it wasn't funny. serious, Joel. We yeah. Were, yeah, he thought he was being funny. <laughs> that's, like, that's weird. It's it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. I'm like, yeah. Oh, G. <laughs> it's Tuesday. Shut he knows up. So goes. then. 
for the for the rest of the practice, every time we would walk past each other, he would ask whoever's standing around, what day is it? Is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Classic. <laughs> yeah, classic Gillum. Classic, classic Gillum. old man humor. Right. Love, love dad, him, though. Dad jokes galore. Oh, yeah. I'm, I, he's probably – he's got to be the guy that's, like, judging. Okay, this one – this one we're okay with. He might have. He might have a say in some of it. I guess. This one's I, I can okay. see him doing that. This he's one, the ref eh. at practice. <laughs> yeah, he's the guy that stands there on the line of scrimmage and decides that whether dumb red towel. Yeah. <laughs> Kill him. Yeah. Got to love him. With that guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, back to you two cutting it up. This is more fun than me talking. Where'd you go, Chad? I have a 12-year-old daughter. Sometimes oh. you have to step away for a moment. It's I okay. <laughs> I didn't know if something happened. It's glad to have you back. <laughs> she was trying to hang a mirror up in her room with duct tape. Oh, my oh, God. Genius. Yeah. You can do it. And they got mad when I said no. Tell her to use chewing gum. Chew it a little bit and stick it on yeah. the back of it. Stick yep. it right on the wall. It'll be fine. Enough duct Engineer. tape. <laughs> Engineer. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do at GE. That's what we do. That's how we build our jet engines. Anyone got any gum? Now, now China's gonna hear that. And take me in and kidnap me. There you go. Ryan gets fired tomorrow. <laughs> Ryan, you stop bubble gum. gum. What are you doing? Hubba bubba. Hubba bubba. Oh, what a what a good pick right there. Uh, I I I guess back to the to the broad view, Joel. Have you been able to catch pretty much every game this year, or? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, first off, let's start with the happy thing. Uh, obviously, Ivan Pace taking over. You know, there in the middle for you. Yeah. But what have you been able to see out of Ivan Pace? I mean, the, it's it's really fun to watch. Even like at a game where you, I was telling him after the game, I ran into him in the locker room and I said, "Dude, like you've been balling out. Like even when you think he's got like a slower game, he's got like a real quiet like twelve tackles. <laughs> you know, right? And they say that every week. I every know week. it's just so <laughs> wild. And uh, I mean, the guy is a brute. You can see, like, I don't know. It's funny people talk about you know, you know, being tall and like uh, size and leverage, but you see like guys like uh, Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. like his lack of height is like." good leverage you know what i mean because he's right. like so powerful and i think sometimes Jarell, that's same... Perry, yeah yeah guys. and i think there's something to that like you see him get under linemen like super easily and he bends the corner well you know but he's relentless um he's so strong and he's got such a great feel for the game it's really fun to watch and i i get hyped watching him play i'm like a little fan of his so no he's a beast, he's yeah. a beast. let's let's keep it happy Talk about the Godfather. Obviously, you were only with him one year, but man, I can I can only imagine your, this leap that you've seen is like whoa. Godfather. I know. I mean, listen. Sometimes you get so caught up, like you know, um, just with the the week in and week out process, and you know, practice. You know, you get a full picture, but sometimes he's not even in there when you know you're in there, so you miss a lot of his plays. And um, so, you know, I I always love Dante. You know, what I mean, like. He would text me. He would message me on Snapchat sometimes and be like, "Like, hey, dude, do you want to go get Carito? <laughs> like, <I'm> like <laughs> yes, I do. We would go and get – because he was trying to, like, lose weight and stuff like that. So he's trying to, like, eat what I eat and stuff. And so uh, we would go get Carito together, and I love that kid so much. Like, 
you talk about a kid that just has such a pure heart and like you know we got a bunch of guys like that are just good people and you love to see when they go out there and have success and not saying it wasn't like i've i've heard from other people like that you know this kid's really good you know what i mean but going out there and see him do his thing like i'm so happy for him and I mean, the dude's built like a washing machine, so. <laughs> are, are you guys That's familiar little... with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Yes. yes. Is, he the lo- is he or is he not the love child of Bebop and Rocksteady? Oh, you're going too deep. Man. Yeah, that was deep. <laughs> that was deep. I know blue, red, orange, purple. Well, uh, Leonardo, Raphael. I, I think it's a something. fantastic comparison, Chad. But one of the things I want to ask you guys about <laughs> that I noticed on the field is as as the ECU game was getting so chippy, I don't know that I've noticed it before the ECU game, but I saw Dante actually pulling guys away from the chippiness. And like yeah. weird to see a, a redshirt freshman kind of put that leadership hat on right away. Well, I think yeah. – yeah, go ahead, Roar. Well, that's just like Joel said. He's a he's a great, just a great kid. He was coached great. I know. I we always clown Bolden, but Bolden's dad is an amazing coach. He knows how to develop. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's him, right? That's him. Yeah, somewhere in between there. That's for sure. Right, right in the middle. Right <laughs> yeah. here is Dante. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Roy. Uh-oh. Connections. I mean, look at those pearly look whites, at though. Jesus, you're talking about a thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, well, no, he's he's talking about about fixed teeth having the biggest teeth on planet Earth. Something <laughs> are long. Yeah, this is, long teeth. This isn't doing him too well. Man, he honestly, it's a little scary. That looks like the the smile. We're, we're gonna save him. Like we're Absolutely. gonna save him until he yeah, comes yeah. back. That's that's a yeah, bad no, look. What Royer was saying and. I mean, we were right on the same page. I was going to say something similar. Just, you know, Dante's such a good guy, and, like, he's got a good head on his shoulders, and he always had. And, uh, you know, that doesn't surprise me at all. And, I mean, that's just, like, in my mind, like, people were like, oh, he's like, oh, he's, like, a leader. And, yeah, that is, you know, like, a thing of leadership, but he's just looking after his guys, you know what I mean? Like, right. um, he he's just got a level head out there, and he's mature, and, um, he's a smart kid, and uh, um, yeah, I think. I mean, he he just goes out there, and you know, I, he's not a guy in my mind that really loses his mind. So um, he's pretty level-headed when he goes out there, and and a lot of the stuff he, that he does, and so that doesn't surprise me at all that he's you know doing some of that stuff. While beast. Royer's not here, I've got to ask a DeBlanco question. What's up? Tell me about your hand workout at the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. I would just, like, with the... Uh... <laughs> this is Chad's favorite story about you, by the way. I've heard, I've heard, I've heard it probably well, 10 times. So, okay, so... How'd you hear about this? So, the Holy Grail is our, like, biggest sponsor. Okay. So, uh, Jimmy and I and Don and I go yeah. back... They were our first sponsor back in like 2007. That's awesome. I had a relationship with those guys forever. Yeah. Like two of the best humans on the planet. Yeah, I love amazing. both of them. To death. Yeah. And Jimmy and I were just talking one time, and he's like, I walked in the back, and Joel was taking the thick cardboard boxes yeah. and like rolling them up. And I'm like, yeah. what are you doing? And Joel's like, this is the best. 
I've been trying to work out my hand strength and my wrist strength. This is the best exercise I've found to do it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I said all that, but I mean, I would do it. And it's just finding way, like, it was just me trying to find a way that, like, while I'm at work or whatever, I can, like, work on that. And, you know, I'm always trying to improve my grip strength because, you know, if you can get a jersey, you know, get a get a grab of a jersey, you can't let that go. So, I mean, it's just finding, like, ways to always get better. Well, so well, it was how... the thick – sorry, Brent. It was the oh, thick good. cardboard cases yeah. that of bars like, get. Like, not what yeah. you get at, the like, the gas station. No, but like, yeah. the thick cardboard that you get at, at, at bars. Yeah, yeah. And Where you, you buy, just like, rolled it up bag. into, like, a poster log? Yeah, so you get, like, uh, one box that was just, like, open, and then you just roll, like, them as tight as you could. And, I mean – you We're go through hundreds of cases of beer a night, right? And so you're rolling them up super tight, and it's a lot of them, but you just try to fit them all in, into, you know, a bigger box of them so you can just make less trips, and it's not as big of a mess <laughs> when you go to throw, throw it in the trash. Were you the only barback that did that? Did the other barbacks follow along, or were they like, this guy's a lunatic? No, they, I think they would do it. They, I mean, at the they end tried. of the day, like – they tried. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'd say my <laughs> I would roll in the tightest, but you know they would, and they'd see that it was a good idea to like try to fit it in there in terms of just making sure the garbage isn't everywhere, you know. So well, you know why that was brought up a few more times because we have Brady on this pod during the off season every other week. So yeah, that was Brady's uh, like the the honorary third. Well, uh, now Royer is also the honorary fourth member of this pod. Yeah. We have a lot of honorary fourth members of this pod. Nice. If you're having fun, you can be an honorary fourth member too. Yeah. And we'll just catch up on Joe DeBlanco in the off season. So. Absolutely, that'd be great. But uh, but yeah, I'm, so that's music to Brady's ears. I'm uh, Brady. We're gonna timestamp for br- this for Brady just real fast. Uh, from 45 oh, to back. 50. Joe DeBlanco rolling up uh, <laughs> beer things. Ryan, you're back. Gosh, you're yeah. Your teeth, man. It, that was uh, that things was were looking some, huge. That was some karma after what you said about Luke. My you teeth were are a little, they're, man. Well, it, it was frozen, and your you were like were... moving your head, and so they're like elongated. Your teeth were front and center, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah. like your teeth were just don't show Perry or Taekwon. I think Luke kind of hijacked teeth, man. <laughs> Shut up. Joel's got teeth like a blink and they're made of wood or something. <laughs> That's okay. Royer's favorite joke. Yeah, that Perry said that when we played at Ohio State and I literally cried tears for 10 minutes. Nobody was laughing at it except for you. <laughs> well, I, I mean, Joel, are you confirming or denying this claim of no, I did not have wood teeth. Okay. <laughs> and then it's all like after it's like you need some sealant for those. Like, do you want me to like shine those? Like, like you look like bark ass teeth. Just <laughs> and then it just became like a anything wood related was just Joel's yeah. teeth the whole year. So yeah. <laughs> George Washington teeth. That was a special. Yeah. Man, nights before yeah. games were. Oh, I miss it. That's hilarious. what I miss the most, man. That was yeah. the 
We 1,000% have never talked about teeth so much in a single episode. I don't know that we've ever <laughs> talked about teeth in a single this episode. Is, this is the first teeth, yeah. Right, am I going to do a timestamp oh, no, no, no. read here real quick? No, after the Mama do DR game when he got bit by a Houston player. We did talk some teeth. We, we did talk some teeth. This timestamp, this timestamp, the teeth timestamp is brought to you by Quick Paper Supply, your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low minimum next day deliveries, providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly, and much more. They also have cleaning and restroom supplies for all your janitorial needs. Call Nick, 513-470-2029, and reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There we go. Boom. Boom. Joel, I, I want one That's more a professional happy ad read, Joel. One more uh, happy one for Joel. Great segue into it, too. That was just oh, that's stuff from a pro. <laughs> And that's, that's that's talking teeth and timestamps here on the BBC. Now uh, moving on, uh, Joel. Uh, what's the uh, Ryan's already told us his one highlight that he's going to show his grandchildren uh, until you know the day he's he's rolling around is the one where he blocked a punt. I'd say right, yeah. Ryan. That'll be the one and only. I don't have much else to show. Oh so. come on, yeah, you do, Ryan. <laughs> Someone's got footage of that spring game, man. Someone's got footage of this. Ryan. Yeah, the Bearcats. You got to save team. that, bro. That was so electric. I've never seen someone take over. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, was. I, 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 I can't have to keep telling the same thing over and over. Those kids should have been at prom, man. I was 23 years old. Oh, Landon. Landon was having a bad <laughs> I was day. Taking, I, was their, I was taking their dates from prom, Landon man. Yeah. He was having a bad day for sure. It was a bad day for. for it was his first day. spring. He had I to said, face. "Go talk to your daddy, man. Get off my field. <laughs> <laughs> Go ask daddy for some love, man. You ain't getting none from me." <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say something. I'm not gonna say it. I was gonna say something about somebody not being here to save you, but I'm not putting her name in this podcast, so we're not doing it. I'm, I, I self-edited myself on a. A Landon joke because I'm I'm not that stupid. <laughs> yeah. The best the best part about it was just like destroying Landon, the just looking right over his shoulder at his dad, just laugh, <laughs> laughing his ass off at it. Like it just like it just big makes teeth. it that much better. Listening, <laughs> like, you know, listening in the background, big ass you know wood teeth, just smiling, <laughs> ivory teeth. <laughs> yeah, piano key teeth. Yeah. <laughs> well, because so I, I think I reached the point that every time I did something good or bad, it was funny. So, like, if I made a play, Coach Fickle would laugh. If I messed up, Coach Fickle would laugh. So yeah, it was just it was like just <laughs> he was in on Royer for Heisman <laughs> when I asked him about your secret weapon. Yeah, he was in on Royer for Heisman. Like he played that he joke was. out all yeah. the way through. Oh yeah, a, a, a funny Luke Landon story for you guys. You guys will appreciate this. So um, a lot of the like prospect camps, like coaches can't go. Like an, if an Under Armour hosts a camp, coaches can't go. Um, but you can go if your kid is invited. So Luke would get landed invited to these camps when he was like a freshman <laughs> and sophomore, right? To compete against these monster junior and senior oh, no. defensive linemen. It was the first time I saw Justin Watley. 
And Justin Watley, like, kind of looped inside, and Landon was playing guard, and Justin exploded up into him. And I swear it looked like a cartoon, like, you know, where you're like, the guy gets shot out of the game, <laughs> flying backwards. And, like, like you're looking at Luke like, this is this is worth it. Like you, you're putting your kid through. This is this is what we're doing right now. Looks like eh, you know it's gonna make him. It's gonna make him better. It's gonna make him tougher <laughs> in the long That's run. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Like, prepared him for his, me. He just got his ass kicked. <laughs> it's like a you know a 15 year old going against these 18 year olds in these camps. Uh, just you know, so Luke could make sure he's there. And now he's the twins are entering high school now. Yeah. So, but. Have you seen those two? They're, yeah. yeah. Big. They're going to be big boys. <laughs> they don't. I love Landon. Those Thanks boys don't the... look like Landon. <laughs> right? They look like, like dad dad. Yeah, yeah, they look like dad dad. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for the donation, Daniel. Uh, Daniel asks, uh, boys, how are we? Quick question in a 24 pack of Bud oh, Light case easy. race. Who finished <laughs> first? Royer or the Bronco? Royer. have to ask the question. It's Royer. Yeah. Joel, do you drink? No, I've never drank before. No, no, no. Tell them. I've had some <laughs> Tell them the story. whipped cream yes, or something yes. like that from a can. I'll I didn't know I had alcohol in it. So I tricked you. I was at a yeah. Boy, I, was, I mean, I was at a party and you know they had this whipped cream from a can and people were taking it from there. I was like, no, I, I've never had whipped cream from a can, so that sounds like fun, you know. So I did it and I put it in my mouth and I was like, I had my mouth and I was like. Does this have alcohol in it? She's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I wanted to spit it in her face, but, uh, <laughs> but I didn't. And I swallowed it, and oh. my chest felt warm. So that's my <laughs> that's my experience. And then we, had to, we had to walk him home. No. Yeah. Walk him home. <laughs> He's just poor. I was a, that was Royer. That was One of the bus stop people. He's trying to get him to come back to yeah. his room to hang out. Like, I got oh, I got no. stories. I got Whoa, stories about stop. Royer. Well, well, and then let's fashion. take this podcast entirely off the rails. Let's well, go. <laughs> well, no, Ryan. And then a week later, you go to to Joel's house. He's got just whipped cream cans all over. The <laughs> <laughs> Littered. Uh, Littered. Like, Are you all right, man? Oh, like, so I just wild. love it. it yeah. good. And this is how we found out that somebody was addicted to whippets. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, God. I'm not getting any whipped cream, but this is good. (laughs) (laughs) I learned about whippets the other weekend from a a 50-year-old man who came over to the Jefferson house telling me about how he went to UC, would do whippets every single day. What is whippets? I was like, how are you speaking right now? I feel like like you should be in a – in a facility, like talking through a machine, if you did whippets <laughs> every day, yeah, that, Joel, it's like nitrous. What gone. is it? Is it's it nitrous like, just, oxide? Yeah, it just like rushes oh. to your brain and gives you like a fifteen second high. I used to do it every day before practice, and right, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> not that I've ever that, done one. I that's what I did uh, before I didn't the go to fish game. shows. In the, Before in the, the 90s. Spring, yeah. <laughs> yeah, didn't go to fish shows in the 90s to understand the joke. But Does, well, does it work like uh, smelling salts? Because we read it's a little more, all it's the a time. Little, it's a little more advanced than that. But... Sure, sure. <laughs> no, no, I, no, I don't know. Smelling salts, that uh, that's a good I'll pick. I'll slap you in the right face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Especially That'll kiss you on the lips. That's yeah. Joe DeBlanco's drug, smelling salts. It is. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll happily crack one open with you and, and get it going real quick. Oh, yeah. No, okay. I like the I like the bottle where you put like two or three. I like three the bottle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You shake it up and just let yeah. it marinate. You know, yeah, you just just and then you just, oh, and it, it, it first off, if you get somebody else holding the bottle, so you don't really know when the squeeze comes, then you're not prepared for it. It just hits you right it? in the okay the back Smart. of the nose. Oh my gosh! Smart. But I, I can't yeah. relate to any of this. You should try it. <laughs> I think that'd be a good segment to do on yeah. here. Look, Joel, I've just done results. Joel, yeah. I've just done regular drugs. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sorry. Well, guys, people, Joel's forgetting what he used to do before every game with the smelling salt. He would actually stick one up his ass. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, I forgot about that. Wow. But, Thanks for reminding but me, people, But, like, I was, like, one of the only ones who would see him do it. He would just sneak away <laughs> to, the, to, the, to the stalls. The only sure. one. <gasps> the old smelling salt suppository. Is that, yeah. is that a Preparation H product? It's actually banned by the NCAA. That's why I didn't want people to see it. Well, then Ryan, the fun fact only is anal, only anal insertion is it banned in the NCAA regulation. Fun fact is, before that Houston game uh, last year, he put three. three up there. <laughs> he did. Big game, but I didn't yeah. do it for Alabama just because you know. It's a once in a lifetime. Had to have your mind. Once you, right. Do, right. once you do three, you can never do it again. It's like life changing. Yeah. Always chasing the dragon after that. Yeah. It's like Harold. So, <laughs> so, I'm so just going to send out a tweet that says, I don't know if I've ever been a part of a podcast that's more off the rails than this one. So, <laughs> this is what you so, signed up for, Chad. I know. I, I, me, me and Roy are on here. We but haven't we shopped we in getting. so long. I, I know. I'm just happy that we got what we bargained for. Yeah. I haven't Ryan, laughed this hard. Ryan ever. just thought he was going to play the game tonight. That's that's all he was thinking. He just couldn't stop thinking about the game later. <laughs> he don't uh, get this, this to play the game. <laughs> it gets way worse on the game. You don't even want to know, man. Yeah. Speaking of the game, we asked Joel Ryan about the fan game. Yes. And did Joel says he never put his head in the fan? True or false? He just True. watched. True. True. He. He was more responsible, and he had a lot more writing. <laughs> what if Joel would have got, like, cracked in the head and couldn't play, and then I had to start or something like that? It was all part of the plan, though. It was all part of the plan. <laughs> he never <laughs> fell for it. Now, while you didn't ever put, put your own head into the fan, how many people did you launch into the oh, fan? Oh, I was, I was there for everybody. I mean, anybody <laughs> and everybody that wanted to go in the Joey, fan. Hey, Joey Graber? I told them how he got his big ass up there. Ah, man, you need to drive the couch over, you know. <laughs> Get a forklift or some shit. Yeah. I don't know. Who was who was the best? I, I'm sure we've asked Ryan this. Joel, who was the best? Like react? Like what was the best reaction to some tossing somebody up into the fan? Because apparently best. you were the you were the guy that tossed them up in there. I, I mean, was trying to improve your hand strength, right? <laughs> I got well, I mean, it. I I wasn't there for most of them, but Royer had some pretty good licks on him. I mean, him, Bolden, and oh, Bolden, Bolden the main cast, the main times. cast. I mean, they're they're the main guys for a reason, you know. Mets and Joey were very good at 
getting people up there. I'm sure you can understand why they were very good. But the well, best Mets is, is seven just, feet tall. Mets, yeah, Mets was has to avoid the fan, the fan when he's walking <laughs> right. by. Mets, Mets played the fan game by accident. He just yes. walked into it. When I was up in the press box, um, it was so funny looking down at halftime when they came back on the field and seeing Mets talk to players like on the sideline. Cause he looks like a giant and he's just talking to children next to him. Like <laughs> even from like that far away, you could tell this guy's <laughs> towering over these other guys. My favorite thing, Joel was like Darius Harper played center at the high major, like or not high major, but like the mid major basketball level. Uh -huh. Like he played at Miami of Ohio. And when he stood next to Mets, it was still like, yeah. like Mets could have given them the like the the the, the little guy thing. This is a yeah. great question, Stephen. Stephen asks, uh, honestly, I just want to know the brand of this fucking fan that survived all these meatheads sticking their fucking heads into the blades and surviving. <laughs> Special. It friend. didn't survive. We broke it. it. I'm the trying to find the, okay. <laughs> trying to find the video of us launching Bolden in the fan and then sparks flying and the fan no longer working. <laughs> Okay. Imagine trying to explain that to your landlord. Why is there a we fan? Did <laughs> Why is yeah. the we fan? need a new fan. I got well, out of there without that security the deposit. While the UC football team tweets out videos of Fick doing pull us, we're going to show you all here on the BBP and BCJ videos of fans being bursted <laughs> with sparks flying out. Well, that's so. the best. That's the Look, best tradition. What do you want? I'm about to make an executive decision. And that executive decision is for the rest of the season. I'm out on Monday nights, and it's just you four. Like this is <laughs> this is unbelievable. This is my favorite podcast, maybe that we've ever done. <laughs> well, as you keep finding it, I, you know, Joe, I was going to ask you a question that that you're going to be up? able to to really pump yourself up and, and be like, yeah, that was that was sick. But uh, we went off on like a whippet tangent, and that was just really <laughs> weird. <laughs> <laughs> that was really weird. But oh, I uh found it. Do you want to see it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> oh, hold on. I don't know how to work this damn thing. This is this is excellent for the audio. That oh, is uh, uh, oh, my. oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's spark. actually great. One, two, and three. Right <laughs> in. Spark not flying. Even, not even on like the outside, but right into like the metal middle part of the fan. In the, the audio, the part. video, the, the audio, the video, it's just like after the sparks fly, Alec Pierce just goes, Oh, that shit's broke, man. That shit's broke. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> shit's broke, man. <laughs> I mean, I just haven't finally got a video to, to put with all these stories. So, thank yeah. you. My face yeah. hurts. They're, thank you. One of them is true. My, one my of our stories is true. One of the stories. Not so much here or here. Here. Right here. <laughs> all right, Brent, what's your question for Joel here? So we can I, maybe. You know what? Podcast. Hot damn it. It was no just about, no the, about the damn Houston game and how you're going to show <laughs> your grandchildren the interception. That was it. But it's taking a lot of luster out now. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, would, would that be the your highlight that you would pick? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that was the highlight of my career at UC. Absolutely. Um, that whole game was just the whole thing was just 
you know, so special and something I'll never forget. The fans rushing the field and the ceremony on the field and getting defensive player of the game. I mean, yeah, that was really special. Your post-game presser was epic, and I am responsible for having the picture that went out onto Twitter. Yeah. Where you had the shades on, just looking like a yeah, G. Yeah, was that, was that pre-planned? I mean, like I was wearing them in the locker room, and because uh, everybody had goggles. I'm like, I don't have any goggles, but I can wear my shades. And so the hat on backwards was wearing the shades. And I got down there, and I think I had them with me, or I walked in with the my sunglasses on and you did. I go to, I go to, I was there. Mrs. Pickle and I go, Hey, you think, you know, you think I should wear those up there? She's like, do whatever you want. I'm like, I'm the two time baby. I can do whatever I want. But the champ does what he wants. Right. Right. But uh, I forgot. I watched that back the other day, the conference, I think on my flight here, the post game interview. And I had no voice. And uh, I forgot about that. I forgot I lost my voice, but like I was drinking like hot tea on the sideline. And uh, wow, you're such a fucking weirdo. Well, I was just trying. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> I was just trying to keep my voice because I mean, you have to be able to communicate, especially as a mic. Yeah. So, yeah. and it and it worked until like towards the end of the game. I was like, yeah, I mean, we're we're good. I don't really need my voice anymore. And sure enough, it cut out right at the end. And so I had it for when I needed it. It sounds like a Defoe just got an interception on Monday Night Football. Let's go. That's sick. Let's go. I don't know that I've liked anybody as much as I like Defoe. Yeah, he's great, he's man. An absolute he's just a dude good too. dude, man. Like, yeah. like, he was about the right things. He worked hard. Mm-hmm. Like, coming out of high school, you know, you get this, Joel. You Like, you went through a wild, you know, path to getting here. Yeah, that we'll probably ask you on a different show because I don't think the way this show has gone, there's yeah. any reason to get serious, right? Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> but like, Defoe was just an awesome dude that like yeah. did things the right way, and like, mm-hmm. I don't know how you could not be cheer like, for a guy like that. that. Guy. Like, Absolutely, yeah. He's an awesome guy. Absolutely, yeah. I'm also thinking we probably just need to separate all three of us from this. And just give Royer and Joel a podcast. <laughs> that would be shut down within like a month. I would love that. Somebody in the athletic friends. department would just be like, no, yeah. this isn't working for us. Me, you, <laughs> Perry, Taekwon, Ty. <laughs> well, you know, we already have. We have a, a player podcast, Joel. You know that, right? Oh, really? Hey, yeah. We, we brought in we brought in Rocket Troop, so Sopko and Staddy do do one of our do our Thursday with, night show with MetLife. That's thick. Okay, MetLife, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> we're about like <laughs> we're about the boys. There we go. Uh, it's where you living now, Joe. Um, I've been in staying up in Seattle, Bellevue, uh, Bellevue area, and uh, that's where I've been training. Um, this past three weeks, I was down at in Dallas at this thing called the NFL Alumni Academy. That sounded uh, really cool, by the way. Yeah, and uh, it was an awesome opportunity. I mean, they bring in uh, it's for three weeks. They bring in sixty NFL free agents. Um, we do full on practices and one on one, seven on seven team. Uh, they have ex NFL coaches um, running it and front office people. 
Um, all the film um, is uploaded up to this cloud that the uh, NFL can look at and evaluate. All your best clips are tagged and put in a cut up with your name on it. Oh, um, and at the end of it, you're guaranteed an XFL contract because a lot of these XFL coaches are XFL coaches now. So uh, um, you kind of, you know, get to meet some of them and build a little uh, reputation with them and whatnot. And so um, obviously the goal is not the XFL. It's a nice, you know, path or, or way to get back into the NFL. But, uh, um, but yeah, so it's a cool little backup option. Sick. That's yeah. Sick. Yeah, I mean the uh, just getting getting eyes on you. I mean, shit, that that For final sure. preseason game you had, man, that was that was a wild one to watch. Thank but you. Still waiting on my what? invite to that. I don't know where the where <laughs> mine was. It's uh, coming. It's coming. You didn't put your name into the free agent pool. That was the thing. Yeah. Well, it should just be automatically no. Yeah. Right. Joel, yeah. what was that like though? Getting getting that spotlight and being able to show like, yeah, I can do this, man. Like. It, yeah, no, I think um, the way I characterized the three games is the first game I was just playing see ball, get ball. Mm -hmm. The second game, I thought I knew what I was doing, but then I learned I was I didn't know what I was doing. And then the third game, I really figured it out, and I felt so comfortable. And going back to the AT&T Stadium, you know, even though we played there, like, against Alabama, I played there before, and so I just felt very comfortable there. Obviously, you're playing the Dallas Cowboys, so that's, you know, a little different, but – um, you know, yeah. even, even the linebacker Alabama, coach, Cowboys, whatever. Right. I mean, they're just as good as the Cowboys, right? But <laughs> um, but I mean, I felt so comfortable out there. Um, it, yeah, it, it felt like I was really back at UC and I was just running around and doing what I normally do. I felt really good out there. I honestly felt like one of the best players on the field. And uh so yeah, I all the glory to God. I mean it was really, really fun to have that opportunity. And it helped me believe in myself because, you know, after getting let go from the Saints and not even making it through rookie mini camp while being a signed guy, it's just like, man, like, you know, am I good enough? A lot of questions, you know, a long summer of training and, um, you know, hoping once, you know, training camp rolls around, you'll get a call. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I think the biggest thing for me is, knowing that I am an NFL guy and uh, no matter what, like I know that I belong and I'm good enough. And it's just a matter of, you know, somebody kind of giving you a nod and giving you a shot. So that's right. Right time, right play situation. Um, yep. Well, I, anything else? I I mean, shit, I've got like another hour worth of, of questions, but I don't think we've got that in us tonight. And well, we've determined at this point in time, Joel DeBlanco is going to be a regular. He, he, Absolutely, just, you're not going anywhere, Joel. You become part of the network. Please. Actually, I think a three man. I've got a three man podcast in mind. Let's Royer, DeBlanco, Garrett Campbell. Ooh, that'd yes. be that'd be a good bunch right there. That would be the I best show that. on this network. Like that wouldn't even be close. Like Garrett, <laughs> Garrett wants to do more of these. Yeah. And I had to tell him, I'm sorry, Garrett. I already, cause Garrett filled in Royer couldn't make one week and Garrett filled in and he was like, I want to do more of this, man. It's, it's so fun because once you get to do it, you kind of get addicted to like the week to week. Sure. Doing it. Yeah. So Royer DeBlanco, Garrett Campbell, that's my, that's my suggestion. 
the other the, the other main question I have for Joel, since we've gone completely off the rails, uh, you're a pretty good looking dude. What's it like to be the second most attractive person in your family? The second most is the first. <laughs> I mean, your sister's a model. Like, it's true. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I it's was nice. guessing his dad. Craig his dad like, might be first. His dad <laughs> might be first. You might yeah, be Craig third. Is a, Craig is a yeah. god. Absolutely. I mean, just good genes, I guess. <laughs> you're like, and I, I, I got bored in the deep, like. We did all right here, the DeBlanco right. family. Before Absolutely. you go up on the jeans things, I forgot to say this earlier. Joel is the only like white person I've ever met who has beat genetics. And that's only because <laughs> <laughs> and that here is only be- and here that is because you know you said Corleone wants to eat with Joel. It's because Joel is the most strict, like like doesn't drink, doesn't eat any sweets. No sugar, nothing, just straight chicken, rice, steak, rice, 12 eggs, like you yes. name it. That's all he does. And so that's like anyone out there, if you want to get if you want to get right, if you want to have the the Greek god statue body, you gotta do that. And Joel's your example. All discipline. If I didn't eat that way, I would be looking, looking like, like a lawyer. Yeah, <laughs> look, look, I wouldn't say it if she wasn't like a like a no, yeah, like big time model right yeah, yeah like this yeah. isn't like a like a you know she did like a, a couple things for the local department store absolutely your sister's no, she, a legit model yeah she she did like a whole campaign with abercrombie yeah like yeah. i'm only just giving him a hard time because his sister is like a yeah she's you know, like a, that she's like that <laughs> so, <laughs> joel joel's a good looking dude but in the pecking order of the de blanco family yeah, yeah. And if you I talk call- to my brother, I mean, he's way better looking than me. So I, I, I called Joel a Hemsworth. My brother, for God's sake, I mean, my my brother has this unwavering confidence. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Okay, Something that's how he's I, could... Is he is he the youngest? Is yeah, his name yeah. Liam? Yeah, he's got to. I mean, he yeah, he fights right? for his food. I mean, he's like he's a salmon. He's swimming upstream. Yeah. That kid. That kid, I feel bad in, for that kid. <laughs> he's not in the same league. I I I, I know the guy. <laughs> I know the guy, so I can That's talk bad. shit. He's That's not funny. in the same. That's funny. Let me tell you the real answer. <laughs> the real. The real info. Poor, poor Liam DeBlanco, which is not his real name, but that's he's now Liam. He's a hooper though. He can hoop. Yeah, he can hoop. He can play the game. Ball. Yeah, those are his things. He's really good quarterback. He just, you know, he wasn't very big. You know, he's he's a four year starter, and I mean, if you see his highlights, it's basically like a stopwatch of how fast the defensive line can get to the quarterback, and he's running for his life, and then he just <laughs> he he just like runs around, runs around, hucks a ball up, like sidearm and everything, and it lands <laughs> into a receiver's uh, hands that. Everybody thought, you know, he was about to run the ball or get sacked, and no defenders are in the picture when the wide receiver catches the ball. And <laughs> some bad ball out there. Hook him up there. at IMG. Some bad ball out there. Yeah, I mean, hook up, I am, the IMG guys were like, eh. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much, <laughs> you know, with that one. I do want to get into it a little bit, just a little bit. You were. As late of a signing as I really yeah. kind of ever remember, mm-hmm. like how did Cincinnati even ever get on your radar? And how much, like, 
you know, you're a Pacific West Coast guy, right? Like, yeah. then you you were at IMG in Florida. You end up in Cincinnati. Yeah. How did that even kind of all happen? There was a lot of debate when you got here. Are you a defensive end? Are you a linebacker? Like, right. who is the who the the biggest question was who the who hell is, is this guy, guy and where yeah. did he come from? Because I came out of nowhere at the very yeah. like seemingly. No, I, we cover late. recruiting. That's what we do. Yeah. Like, yeah. it was like, uh, yeah, by the way, tomorrow, this guy named Joel DeBlanco is committing from IMG. Right. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I, uh, I, um, gosh, I lost my train of thought, but, um, I thought. How you got here, Joel? How you got here? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I, I was at IMG and I. You know, I didn't even sign a national letter of intent because it was right. past the it was date so late. for it. Yeah. yeah. And so I, uh, you know, I was going to go to Michigan, but that's a whole nother story. I went on an <laughs> official visit there and um, I was going to go there. It ended up falling through. Um, signing day, talked to a whole bunch of schools. Could have gone the Mac route. I didn't want to. And uh, so we were just holding out. We went on a trip out to um, – indiana and illinois then we're gonna go to louisville and in that time you know they're kind of saying that louisville was gonna offer um so we're gonna hit indiana in the morning then louisville in the evening and then drive back up to chicago to catch our flight and uh the night before we get the defensive co coordinator's number coach pruny um for uc and i really had never heard of cincinnati before and you know we call we talk and a lot of the question is like why aren't you signed if you're if you're like high school film looks like this like what's wrong with you and we, we just kind of we just kind of said like i mean i'm a good kid like i just kind of got what's caught up in the recruiting it? run yeah and uh i just kind of got caught up in the recruiting wash who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> that can't be your dad. <laughs> <laughs> the running joke was uh, my dad would always say, like, to the schools, yeah, our milkman was really tall. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we talked to him. And we're like, hey, you know, we if we're going to come, you know, we don't want it to be waste our time you know we want it to be worthwhile and so we went to indiana in the morning and went to cincinnati and um immediately you know on the campus tour i just felt like you know this is where god wanted me to be and uh they ended up offering me at the end of the end of the uh visit and um you know i could have because i could have tried to like leverage the offer against you know louisville to try to get the bigger offer but i really felt like you know that was the the door got open for me and so that's uh that's why i ended up committing god bless uh how many times did robert pruny say my man oh he probably on repeat right my man my man joe my man joe my man <laughs> i i love pruny he was he yeah was a character but uh, the whole time was... too you could tell he was trying to get me to be the a, a dn oh yeah that was the yeah, yeah. line coach like yeah i remember so tim adams was my partner at the time i'm sure tim is the one that talked to you because i remember him covering the recruitment and being like i don't know if he's a linebacker i don't know if he's a dn i just know like he looks the part like mm -hmm. they'll, they'll figure out some way 
to make him, you know, one of the key pieces of a college football playoff team in six years. Right. It was all part of master plan. (laughs) But it just goes to show like how crazy, like being like signed late and, you know, six years later, only God would have known that we would have been in the college football playoffs. You know what I mean? I mean, we had it, we would go over this book every uh, fall camp up at higher ground. And, you know, it talks about playing for, uh, championships and then eventually a national championship and you see it and you're like i mean yeah they would have like BC- that's real they would yeah. have like the old like bcs logo up in our shitty nutrition yeah, room oh wait it's like no, one no. that's not even like a thing anymore it doesn't like, exist yes, right yeah it's two like yeah right us yeah no way and then- right and and but then you know it becomes a reality and we're literally have it right in our the palm of our hands and so it's all right incredible. I, I do want to get joel's thoughts on this guy since it was brought up ethan tucky go <laughs> he's uh he's a, a man's a, a crazy <laughs> person on the football field i mean <laughs> you talk about somebody who will just throw his body and his health and well-being like out the window while he's playing football he just is a human battering ram. Here's the thing that always never it never made sense to me. He was like a like championship high school sprinter. Yeah, he's like, really ran fast. like 10, 10, 6, 10, 7 in the hundred. He would beat a lot of the he, linebackers. Dude, he was the boy in Columbus. Like we everyone knew who he was. Like right. we knew about him and we knew he was a dog. And uh when I then we saw he was going to the BC to play linebacker. And I was like, Oh, he's going to do really well there. Cause you know, he was just so athletic and such a good running back in high school. I got 10, seven is. Yeah. Moving. That's moving. Especially at his size. Right. Like that's, that's not fair to, to have a guy that big running 10, seven. He wanted then, to play linebacker here and they wouldn't let him. Yeah. Yeah. They saw him as a, as an end. Right. Yeah. Which it worked out for him. He ended up getting a lot of snaps, playing really well at the end. Yeah, and, uh, I, I and do a cut ask, block specialist. <laughs> yeah. On that note, I do want to ask you, Royer. Um, and look, special teams is like the best aspect of this UC team. I don't think there's any question. Absolutely. And that is a tribute to Kerry Combs and what he's doing. But you two guys, Notre Dame just blocked their seventh kick of the season last year do you watch like do you see that and you just go yeah that's mace like yeah they showed one of the the clips not this week but the week before yeah i saw he was talking to a special teams unit at half yeah it was like if they do this specifically this one very specific thing as soon as you see it we're gonna go get it like yeah i I love mace mace gave Mm -hmm. me so much shit every time he saw me if I charted a field goal wrong or like did I if I made one error on anything I reported from like spring football or from from camp, Mace would find me that morning and be like, hey, you fucked that up. Just want to let you know you got that wrong. <laughs> Just as a way like that's who Mace was. It was yeah. always like, but you can't be surprised that Notre Dame is like it, not at all. You, it's the one thing I've never heard before. Like UC didn't call it, Mace didn't call it punt return. It was punt block. Pump yeah, block. it's a mentality. You know, we're not going out there to, we're going out there to 
the block and with our pressure it'll create a good opportunity for a returner on the back end you know yeah the returning we, was secondary like who gives a shit about the return well no kind of not necessarily because I know, but i'm being yeah. facetious a little bit yeah we're coming at that kick mm-hmm. yeah and that's Period. supposed to set so like what joel's saying is that's going to draw yeah. a quick op which is going to lead to either us getting the ball quicker back there with more space or a terrible punt with a low hang so it really is the way you should do it. Like the That's way, how I if, think. Yeah. yeah it, if you if you execute it right, if you're getting consistent pressure, like they are going to have a bad op, they're going to have a bad kick, and that is going to give our returner more space or more space from a low kick, and then it's going to give us the opportunity to block it. So it kind of covers mm-hmm. everything, and it forces their guys to stay in and block too. And it's just Coach Mason is like – one, he cares like so much. Like I'm telling you, yeah. like we would be at all times of the game, he'd come over to me when I had to lock in rarely, and we'd be going over punt block like the whole game. Like they're doing yeah. this, let's do this. Like he has the whole the whole unit we're going over back and forth. What are they doing? Let's do this, let's scheme up this adjustments just for freaking punt block, man. And he's coaching yeah. the snipers. At yeah. the same time, he got you a block punt. That man is a fucking genius. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a make a wish block. He managed to make that happen. <laughs> there it is. Wow. <laughs> I've been waiting for that one. <laughs> wow, and it was good. It was good. <laughs> but he—that's like, that's the name of this podcast, right? <laughs> <laughs> Might be a too offensive for the name of it. Yeah. We have to dig it out. Oh, eat, like we would have like literal meetings like after morning meetings about special teams like yeah. he he is like the truth man he is like every bit of but everything he coaches he's not doing anything super complex it's like let's just no, get, it's simple yeah it's like it's like getting your guys like blitzing on defense like let's get either even and get one-on-ones or let's overload to make guys make a decision and like you're betting like one of these guys is gonna mess up and our guy's going to win. And that's – it's it's it, it's really not that complicated. I'm surprised a lot of coaches don't do it, but Mason takes his shit seriously and scouts and schemes up, and we rep it so much. We repped it all week. It was yeah. cats off to him. Even stay after practice sometimes. Yeah. Oh, every – Through yep. how we're doing things, you know. Coach Mason is legit, guys. He yeah. is a great coach, and I'm mm-hmm. glad. Like the like, I'm, he's getting the spotlight and getting the he, he deserves he it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah, that that's an indie indie boy right there. Yeah, but uh, made it yeah. Denison Denison football right there. I mean, oh, that man yeah. literally he has like high school, seventeen college degrees. Oh yeah, like I've never like he was a GA at like five different places and got a graduate's degree at all five of those places. Mm -hmm. I love Mace. Mace Mace was so Mace was the recruiting coordinator his first year at Cincinnati. Yeah. So we developed and look, you guys can attest my personality and Mace's personality are. About as opposite ends of the spectrum as you can get. <laughs> yeah, but they <laughs> go they go really well. But together, we work yeah. like I, I was really worried about having to work with Mace when I first met him because I was like, he this dude is lot, not. Yeah, yeah, but but this dude is not me at all. Like, yeah, yeah. Me and Pat get along because me and Pat get along. Yeah, that makes sense. 
me and Mace didn't really make sense until we started to get to know each other and understand each other and realize like we're about the same thing. Everything's good. Um, and that I could take it. I think that was Luke's the same way. They respect people that are like, you know, they can take the needling, the ribbing, the mm -hmm. give you some shit. You give them some shit. Like they were good as long as they knew you were in kind of the same place. I, I, I wish nothing but the best for Brian Mason. Like that's yeah. one of my favorite dudes because yep. he, he really, and, and somebody asked, could you see Mace as like a, a head coach? Yeah. You guys can answer this. Like, yes, I could see Mace as a head coach down the road. Yeah. Yeah. I think he definitely has the, um, the talent for it. I just don't know if he'd ever want to like assume that role. Cause he's so technical yeah. I don't know if he'd ever want to like assume the role of like head man because he I think he just does so well in like like role specific like I don't know not that he couldn't do it I think he could but I think he'd be a great D coordinator yeah yeah I like I, I was all in on like when when free left like let's let's see what Mace can do yeah right. you know Trestle and, and Luke go back a long way and Trestle's done a great job so I'm not like creating any controversy there. No, yeah. Uh, no, Fickle's coaching punting personally. Yeah, he punt. He yep. coaches He's always punt, done right? that. He's always yeah. done that. Yeah. Which is awesome. I I do love it. It's kind of an Ohio State thing. And kind of a yeah. whole college football thing right now is is putting the most talented players on the field during special teams because yeah. it's a, it's it's that important. So um yeah, who knows? I think uh I think it'll only continue to go up from here. Mm-hmm. Do we have to get to like uh we're not Basket. gonna get to basketball tonight? Are we gonna get to basketball tonight? I mean, how do you not talk about basketball? Bearcat okay. play good three and I mean, I guess we don't have to talk about <laughs> Julius there's there's this guy named Isaiah Collier who was at a, a football game over the weekend. I think uh Joel, do you know who Isaiah Collier is? He's he's, he's a big time recruit. Big time recruit. He was yeah, he was yeah, there, yeah. He was, he was yeah. there on the field. Before the game, just the number and, one recruit in the country, and no that who—that is who the uh, the fan base is foaming at the mouth to hear more and more and more about, and and I think the board. I, I don't know. I don't know what else I have to add. Yeah, than what you said. Than what we talked about last night. They're they're sitting down tomorrow night as a family and making a decision, All right? And he's going to announce on Wednesday. I don't know when on That's Wednesday. Okay. It, it would be really cool if I knew when on Wednesday. Because I have a, uh, a high school football show to record Wednesday afternoon, and then I have a basketball game to go to Wednesday night. <laughs> and if uh, if Isaiah Collier picks UC at any of those two points in time, I have to tell those two specific responsibilities to go fuck themselves yeah. Yeah. because I got yeah. shit to do. Right? Like the number one player in the country is making his decision. If that decision is Cincinnati. All other responsibilities are out the window. Um, Joel and Ryan, can can I throw out to them what what happened over the weekend and kind of kind of just hear what their points sure, of view are from an outside opinion? Okay, so yeah. so get this: there's he's number one recruit. Obviously, a lot of a lot of tea leaves are heading to USC, but he has been adamant that he hasn't made a decision at all leading up to this point. He and all of a sudden, right? So and, and then all of a sudden. I don't know where his high school team scrimmages Sycamore High School in Cincinnati on Saturday. He was in town, and then all of a sudden he is 
on the field at Nip and Night on Friday night with Wes Miller and the coaching staff for the final visit leading up to his Tuesday decision and Wednesday announcement. On Saturday at the scrimmage, Michigan assistants showed up as they're one of the four teams still apparently in the mix, um, along with UCLA and Cincinnati's coaches were there as well. Um, but I, I can tell you, I think it's safe to say at this point that it's USC, Cincinnati, Michigan. I don't, I don't believe UCLA is any longer a factor in this process. That's just the last, his last, I put out his top four. Yeah. Hey, look, my job is insider. I get right? it. That's the insider. I think it's down to three. USC, Cincinnati, Michigan. So my question is. He doesn't like Mick Cronin. Yeah. Actually, it was, it was, it was, I was so surprised that like from the, the, the information that came out from him visiting UCLA and like what UCLA's pitch was. um, I think what hurts them is that Mick has been notorious for like freshmen have to like earn their keep. And that's a really hard place to recruit elite five-star talent because they want to come in. You know, you get this reputation for get old, stay old, which has always been mixed thing. Am I going to be able to send my kid to you? And he's going to be able to, I know it costs them um, Andre Stoyakovic, which is Peja Stoyakovic's kid. Yeah. Uh, it was down to U- UCLA and Stanford. And he picked Stanford because he felt like he was comfortable going to Stanford and being able to play, you know, 38 minutes a game. Where if he went to UCLA, he was going to play 18 to 20 minutes a game. Um, so I know that's something that has hurt UCLA in the past. Sorry, Brent. Go ahead. Oh, you're good. No, so, so my question to you guys is, and Joel, this will be a, a good to get your your point of view. Yours as well, Ryan, obviously. But Ryan uh, was obviously very highly recruited. Right, right. But how how important is that last kind of unofficial visit when when it comes to tying everything together and, and, and coming up with a with a final decision? Because obviously the last time I mean the last <laughs> football stadium and atmosphere that he was at was nip at night on Friday. Both of you guys were there as well. So yeah. uh I won't. I have nothing to say, so I do not do any visits, <laughs> officially <laughs> or unofficially. Actually, I went to Toledo and Harvard, but okay. who gives a shit? Go on, Joel. Yeah, Harvard I mean, I went on a lot of there. visits. Harvard and... dodged a bullet there. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, they did. I, I think, I mean, going to a game like we had on Friday, you know, how do you match that, especially with – you know, these other schools, I mean, Michigan, you know, theirs too, but uh, just seeing like the energy and, you know, you got to think, you know, if it's like that for, uh, for football, it's got to be like that for basketball too. And kind of wanting to create some of that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a huge deal that he was able to be there before his final, final decision. Well, I, and I, I think I'm, it means something he went because, like, if he didn't mm-hmm. give a shit and if he wasn't he, he really considering, like, I'm not going to waste my time going to a football game. I'm just going right. to yeah. go do my thing. I would compare USC to, like, a UCLA crowd. And so, I mean, you played at UCLA, Joel, like, as did you, Ryan. I mean, wh- what was the crowd there like compared to a nipper? It's awful. It's well, no, and, I'm not going to hate on the West Coast. Joel's from there. But West Coast is just – 
nowhere near like care, like passion, anything for sports that as it is in the Midwest. I mean, any sport, football, but that sunset at the Rose Bowl, Ryan. Come on, man. Listen, they couldn't give a shit about their football team. Listen, LA, shows. LA sucks. Like, I've been to games like UW, it gets loud there. Like, Oregon, it gets loud there. You know what I mean? Like, there's some good, like, schools that in the Pac 12 that like are good atmospheres. I think it's probably hit or miss for UW because they haven't been, you know, very consistent, but they've been playing a little bit better. But I mean, I've been to UCLA. UCLA, it felt like a high school game. You have somebody – I don't know if it was like that when we were playing because I wasn't really paying attention, but you literally have somebody there sit, like sitting with a mic like an older gentleman in like uh, a vest, a UCLA vest, sweater vest, <laughs> and is like, all right, Bruins, get ready to cheer. Three, two, one. Go Bruins! Like it's <laughs> it's so weird, you know what I mean? And and USC, I mean, they they're they got Lincoln to, Riley now. Yeah, well, I, I don't know what it's like now, but they're used to winning. And when I went there, they weren't winning, and so it's like you just have like this arrogant people. Yeah. yeah, you got these arrogant people that are used to the winning, and it's not necessarily like that anymore. So they're like. Look what happened to Stanford, man. You see Stanford's crowds lately? Just abysmal. I know they're having some tough couple of years, the, but they're the a- tree got suspended at Stanford. <laughs> for That's what? like the Bearcat getting arrested for throwing snowballs, right? He said he said something like Stan like Stanford has no fun or something like that. Or, yeah, or he, he had a sign, yeah. And and the tree has been indefinitely suspended. Do you know this guy, Royer? Daniel. No, I don't. Whitesley. I don't. Royer officially visited a fan last night. You <laughs> retired. The, the fan is retired, right? Uh, Never retired. <laughs> I was thrown into a fan two weekends ago unwillingly by some of the old football guys. So damn it, unwillingly, Joel. huh? Was, yeah, was I was involved. Damn it, was it after Joel. it was after LSU won. They're like everyone just like got all amped up. They're like, "Well, what's the fan? Pick me up off the couch." And we're put my we're head Ty, in the fan. We're Ty Sponseller and and Bolden yeah. involved. No, yes. they were not. <laughs> How was Bolden not involved? I don't believe you. I, That's he wasn't a goddamn there. lie, Royer. He wasn't there. <laughs> was Was Danco Joe recording the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> I hope. Uh, Reagan, hi, Reagan. Do you want to? Do you think Paige is whispering in Collar's ear? Of course, Paige is whispering in Collier's ear. Arnton Page is Arnton Page because of Isaiah Collier. Did he of officially sign? Of course, he wants. Yeah, huh? he signed. Yeah, he, signed. he did officially sign. Okay. Yeah. Uh, of course, he wants Collier to play with him. I don't know I, that he's. I don't know that he's going to be on the floor in the year that Collier is at USC. But yeah, he he wants Collier to go to school where he goes because Isaiah Collier makes him a much better player. Do you think he's one and done? Collier? Yeah. He's the number one player in the country, Ryan. Yeah. So do you think he's going to play one year and go to the league? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Name the last number one player to not go to the NBA after the first year. Uh, I like we keep up with this stuff. (laughs) Monty Bates. Uh, He was not the number one player by the end of that process. 
He's had Eastern what Eastern Michigan now. Eastern Michigan, yeah. yeah. Where did he start out? Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Huh. His dad messed him up bad. That was his sophomore year of high school. He was one of the best prospects I've ever seen. And his dad screwed that kid up so bad. He started yeah, he a prep school. He started his own AAU team. Everything was about Amani. There was no like there was no level of like humility. Everything was about the kid. Everything was about how big time he was, how bright his future was. Like he fucked the kid up bad. And then they sent him to the wrong place at Memphis, where, you know. I won't get into that oh, side of it. Chad, but. Chad, I know who the answer is. The last number one guy. Well, I'm looking it up right now, but it's got to be Harrison Barnes, right? How many years did Barnes stay at North Carolina? Two years. Okay, yeah. Barnes was also a guy I saw get punked at the best AAU event I ever attended. What happened? Um, there were like five or six guys. It was like the top, all the top ten guys were there. And Harrison Barnes was the number one guy. And all those other guys were coming for that spot. And every game, like it was Will Barton, who's still in the league, Josh Selby, um, uh, Austin Rivers, Brandon Knight. It was it was the most amazing AAU event I've ever seen. And Barnes was clearly not the alpha mm. at that event. Mm. Imagine this, Royer. So... There was a, it was four courts all next to each other. They had the quarterfinals, which is, you know, four games, eight teams, the top eight teams in the event. It was the Nike Memorial Day Classic. This is right before, I think the year before they started the EYBL, which is Nike's like uh, AAU circuit. All four games went down to the wire. All four games ended regulation within like 90 seconds of each other. Two of those games went to overtime. Those two games were right next to each other on the two middle courts. The gym was the most amazing thing I've ever seen in sports, maybe. Because the energy was just so insane. It was all of these top guys. And now it's normal because the EYBL has normalized that. But it wasn't normal like that year mm-hmm. and it was it was crazy but i harrison barnes was never the alpha of that group he got pushed around like four or five times in that yeah. just that specific event he was just so, like you know he went on to the play with the warriors and win multiple titles and but he wasn't like a like the dog Superstar, right yeah right so uh, yeah, Paige is and whispering we are, we are ten, here for sure. We are 10 yeah. minutes past due for uh, the timestamp when we transitioned into this topic. Uh, so I am <laughs> going right. to timestamp this just to make sure the sponsor gets some love and some payback for what they paid for. Yeah, for sure. And that's, you know, that's my fault. I'm sorry. All good. That's what I'm here for. Um, let me find the read real quick. Shit. You're welcome. There it is. Quick Paper Supply, your locally and family-owned restaurant supply company for all your non-food products. Quick Paper services over 150 restaurants with weekly low-minimum next-day deliveries. 
providing a wide range of food service products from to-go containers, cups, custom printed products, eco-friendly and much more. Um, they have containers, cups, pizza boxes, to-go bags, can liners, napkins. They've been open since 2009. They're one of the largest family minority owned companies in the city. Call Nick, 513-470-2029. Reference Bearcats for 20% off your first month of purchases. There it is. But Just yeah. wanted to make sure we got that before let, let, we had let, to transition power, again. Let's power through the, the mailbag. Yeah, we hit well, – well, I'm just going to wrap it up real fast. But So we had to touch on the Collier side. Basketball's 3-0, hopefully 4-0 after Wednesday night at NKU. Next week's show will be leading into the Maui Invitational yeah, 11.30 p.m. tip for that first game against Arizona. Woo! So, We'll have a we'll have plenty more game. to talk about basketball. Eleven thirty tip. Are you going to be back on the West Coast, Joel? So it's normalized for you a little bit, like a eight thirty tip. We'll see. Ooh. I don't know when I'm going back. So <laughs> where are you right now? Are you at Meg's? No, I'm uh, staying at the uh, family's place that uh, I'm storing my stuff at. Cool. Yep. Yep. He's got a host family now, Royer. Pretty much. They're didn't amazing. even ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I call, well, I called Royer earlier to talk, and uh, he just ignored my call. So, <laughs> yeah, when I'm working, you, can, you guys all, y'all always you get after. I, I work in a secure area. I can't use. What does that supposed to mean? I can't get on my phone. Okay, you got on your I phone also, after. <laughs> yeah, but the call was already over. Y'all already had your little kumbaya fest. <laughs> What do you mean? It was, <laughs> I called you. It wasn't a that was group. a one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. When? At three forty today. It might have been around three forty. You did call me three forty-one. Yeah, I was at work. Oh, yeah. Even... Shit, man. I'm gonna pull the thumb here. I hacked your phone. Pull that thumb. Got some Man. wild stuff on there, bro. Uh, but anyway, no, Ryan actually Joel's in a he's in a bunker with only a TV and a and a computer so game later. That's all that are, are you at Mets house? Are you are you staying with Mets and his wife? Is that where you're at right now? I, I wish that'd be an I mean, hey, Mets runs a tight ship, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> He'd probably get on me about leaving dishes in the sink. Well, Joel, speaking of Mets, Joel, you can't leave the dishes in the sink. <laughs> Mets has, uh, I will Mets break has dish overhead. <laughs> Mets has redemption this weekend, though. That'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch there. A little run all over the owls, hopefully. So, um, yeah. So we'll I was talk watching. I was watching. I was breaking some film down of them today. Of Mets? No, of uh, uh, you're Temple. insane. I gotta you're be working the mind, man. All right. All right. Give us, give us your spark notes. They scored ninety points over the last two weeks. Uh, Temple? Yeah. <laughs> I saw... How many points did UCF put on them? 43? No. Oh, their defense is trash. 70-something. 70, 70. Yeah, that was that was oh. the John Rice Plumley 70 thinking, game. I was thinking Houston last week, yeah. 70. 70. That's basketball numbers. I mean... 750 I just, yards I, that game. I just want UC to crack 30 again. Like, It's been let, a minute. Let's, let's score 30 again. I'm not trying to get to 70, but let's let's score 30 again. It's been a minute. You you're right. You're right. We have to um exercise the demons at uh 
Lincoln Financial. Temple's a get-right game. The tie spawn game. <laughs> All right, Joel, this is the portion of the uh, the show where we do the mailbag. There are listener questions that we run through. We got the football bag, the the basketball bag, and then the miscellaneous bag where you know i'm ready for i'm ready for rapid fire tonight i've got easy i've got quick answers for all of rapid fire tonight <laughs> oh this is the rapid fire thing no there is one later yeah it's uh, we'll, we'll see chad never rapid fires no i'm rapid uh, firing tonight i've got easy answers the football portion of the mailbag here we go are you surprised with the lack of turnovers created on the defense during conference play only five in six conference game yes 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 yep yeah i mean i the, the that is something that for a defense that lives on havoc, sacks, tackle for loss, turnovers, like that's how you guys have kind of prided yourself. Uh, but I will say the havoc has dropped a little uh, considerably over the last couple of weeks. Cause I've been spying because we haven't seen, but we haven't seen the like yards per play spike exponentially. The problem has been, Teams have been running 85, 90 plays. Like that's yeah. the problem. Uh yep. any anything more to add on that, Ryan? Or are we moving on? No, we're good. All right, very good. Is there any way Ohio State ever schedules a football game against the Bearcats going forward? I feel like in the eyes of Columbus's decision makers, you see is too big and good to be one of their cupcake Mac level tune-up opponents and not big enough to be one of their marquee non-conference opponents like Notre Dame was this year. Am I off on my thinking? You're not off in that right now there's no way Ohio State is interested in scheduling Cincinnati. That's a yeah. that's an all loss proposition. Yeah. Ohio State. We got one um, of all of our paid of Pay to win games where we went in yeah. and got paid and beat the shit out of you. So I don't think teams want to do that anymore. Well, Cincinnati's in a better position now too, where they don't have to take a one team. Like you don't play Ohio State without getting a home and home, right? Yeah. Or anybody for that matter. You want a home and home. You don't want to take a two and one. Here's what I'll say. Go ahead, Joel. Go ahead. Well, aren't they? Are aren't we already on like a cycle? I know it's like a four. Or six or an eight-year cycle where we play them no 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 we've they've been in that cycle that cycle there's no is it over there's yeah. no scheduled games with ohio state in the future okay what was that cycle like pre, it was previous and then it ended with the last time we played them or yeah okay okay that makes sense i thought that was already put in place so in my mind i was like if that's already put in place why would you go out of your way to schedule a game when there's already like something yeah. eventually lined up and yeah. you got a hot Cincinnati. So right now, Cincinnati is not a top 10 program. They are building towards that. Like if we're being realistic, that's just the reality. If Cincinnati puts themselves in a place where they become Ohio's Clemson, then Ohio state will be pressured to schedule them and play at Nippard and like whatever. But until that really happens, and meaning like Cincinnati makes a championship game, Cincinnati wins a championship, then Ohio State won't be able to like duck the smoke, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Right now, Ohio State, why would anybody, if, if you're the Ohio State AD and you schedule Cincinnati right now, you should be fired. There's no way you give them that 
like gratification, that ability to like, you know, justify their spot as because what's the number one way Cincinnati like justifies themselves as a top 10 program outside of like winning a championship. It's beating Ohio state. Yeah. It's not the same as playing Oregon where Oregon came in here. You're not fighting. I'm not necessarily fighting for the same, right. The the same recruits. If Cincinnati beats Ohio state, how much of a boost would that be to recruits in the state of Ohio? My God. Yeah. Right. I would call the Ohio State AD an idiot if he scheduled Cincinnati right now. <laughs> well, especially a one-to-one. Gene Smith. You know I mean, right. that I think in especially back-to-back years, that's worst-case scenario for them. If that anything, is- like a one-off at their place. But that's not know? happening anymore with the Big Twelve stuff, right? Yeah, like you're yeah. not. You're not. Cincinnati's no longer a buy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I hear you. Now nah, we'll just we'll play Army in 2031. How about that? <laughs> Woo! I don't want any of the, uh, the <laughs> triple option <teams>. military schools. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh, has anyone besides JQ burnt their red shirt year? I'd have to go back and look. I don't think so. I guess it kind of depends on if you look at, was it a COVID year the first year? No, 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 no. Co- no. Freshmen don't have a COVID year. Aaron. Well, I, I mean, I'm thinking of. They're talking fr- about freshmen. I'm, th- I'm thinking last year's freshmen that. They're talking about they this year's yeah, freshmen. I guess they didn't. Last, last year's freshman, we didn't have COVID 2020 either. freshman yeah. got a COVID. The rest yeah. don't. Uh, I think it's just JQ at this point, but I'd have to go back. Do you guys think that was necessary? Look. What? I mean, he'll uh, – I'm trying to think about Yeah, this. I do. I do. I do. Yeah? You thought it was a good choice? Yeah, like, I go back to, like, when Kobe and, and Defoe yeah. burned their red shirt year. It, it probably did help him. You're right. And it, it like, was like, let's hope he blows up and then he – just leaves, you know, early. The, the or problem, and it's not, year. it's not a problem. They put JQ in a position to win that boundary spot, and Shep elevated. Right, mm-hmm. like there was a belief JQ was going to be able to come in and do what Sauce did as a freshman. Mm-hmm. But Shep, he's balled out. Has balled yeah. out. Shep's He's been the swag. best defense. In my eyes, Shep has been the best defensive back on this team. Yeah. You and I had that conversation the other day off air, Jack. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's on Shep because Shep had the one true spot where there was like, this kid is next in line. What I think is going to be fascinating, Shep has a COVID year, so he could stay. If he stays, do you maybe next year have Shep? on the boundary and then JQ on the field. And if you do that, you're once again looking at a corner duo. And then Sammy at nickel. Sammy's had a great year too. Yeah. I thought Sammy was really good the other night. Great too. So if you're telling me next year the corner alignment is Shep, JQ, Sammy, I'm feeling pretty good about reloading, you know, two seasons after Sauce and Kobe. With Amari mm-hmm. coming off the bench. Right? Like, you got another kid in Amari Snowden that fits the bill. Threats and safety. And Todd Bumpus and Justin Harris. And, like, corner is... Some dudes. Corner's in a good spot. 
All right, this should be a fun one going around the horn. Uh, who are your three offensive MVPs year to date? Um, what do you think of Scott Coe and McClelland? And then who are your three defensive MVPs year to date? What do you think of Ivan Pace, Briggs, and Fletcher as the guest I, on as guest on the show? Hold on, I, hold on. Let me just say, I don't think we. I think I, I think we take special teams out of this. I agree. If we're going to do offensive MVPs, three offensive MVPs, three defensive MVPs. And then special teams. Special teams has their own, and it's yeah. obviously Fletcher and Co. Have, have been lights out. But as guests on the show this week, you've had a little time to digest that. Uh, do you want to go first or do you want to go last? Joel. Me? Oh. Yeah. You are the special um, guest. <laughs> he has watched a lot of tape. Well, I watched tape on not ourselves. <laughs> But uh, I'd say the three offensive MVPs, I mean, you got to go, yeah, T. Scott, mm-hmm. Trey, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think Ben, you know. Yep, I'd say those three guys. I mean, I know a lot. Ben Bryant gets a lot of flack, but, uh, you know, he's put us in a position to win every game, and uh, I'll stand by that. Um, and I get pissed watching him sometimes, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, like – we're seven and two, and I mean the two games we lost were a mess. And UCF, he, you know, he didn't play great, but you know, uh, what a minute or two left on the on the clock, and we have the lead, and they go drive the field, and we end up losing. You know what I mean? So that I, I was talking to some guys after the game, and you know, people were just frustrated. I'm like, look, dude, like <laughs> you guys, you lost the game. You know what I mean? You lost the game for us. You need to be looking at it yourself rather than other people. You know what I mean? And so, and I think that's the same for fans. It disgusts me when um, you got the crowd chanting, you know, uh, just their lack of support, you know, and uh, uh, that only, you know, brings up insecurities. And I know it, it doesn't affect him. You know what I mean? And he does his best to, you know, shrug it off, but why, you know, you want your team to be successful, cheer on the guy who's in, you know what I mean? And do what you are supposed to be. And that's, you know, be a fan. And so my three defensive MVPs, um, I don't know how they, how did they leave off? How did they forget about the number one defensive player in the country? In the country. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, Ivan Pace, I mean, obviously, um, Dante, and I think the third one, I mean, like, I haven't been able to watch super closely, but, I mean, you could easily give it to Briggs, or I think even Tyvin Fawson has been playing really good. Yeah. I think he's been playing his best ball, and I Ty think he's started been... a little slow, Yeah, but over the past, like, like conference play, Ty has yeah. been outstanding. And he's been a backbone, you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you get sometimes he's been the Joel DeBlanco of this team, some yeah. might say. Sure, yeah. And uh I mean <laughs> just, just like sometimes you know, guys are on and sometimes guys are off, but I mean it feels like you know he's very consistent and uh that's what you love in a guy like him. So I give him I, a nod right now. Ty might be the reason why we won that game against USF. I mean, he was an absolute beast in that game, but mm-hmm. All right, Ryan, who you got? Offense, I'm going uh, I'm going Ben, Tyler Scott, and I'm going to go with Chuck 
Um, I think he's been big. He's been big playmaking, and I think he's been kind of a surprise for us. Uh, defense, I'm going Ivan, Corleone, and Jay Shep because I think we've touched on it, but like people don't realize how hard it is to step into that boundary corner after losing arguably the best Bearcat to ever wear the jersey in Ahmad. Um, I don't think there's so, an argument. Yeah. I'm done with so, the argument. Ahmad is, Ahmad is the most talented, gifted football player to ever wear red and black, uh, and that includes Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And right. so – to be able to step into that, you gotta. I think that's MVP. I I I think that's a good take, Royer. And I think one thing people don't realize about our defense is like people attack the boundary because it's like a little bit of a weakness of ours. We don't have as many guys in the boundary that we do to the field, and we use our back our boundary safety in the fit a lot. So a lot of these RPOs, you really put that corner on an island. So you got to have a pretty special dude being able to play that spot. That's why yep. Mod was so good because he had these crazy long arms and he's physical. And so the I perfect think he's done a really good job. Yeah. Can we pause for a second? Did you guys see this from Ahmad the day he got to get, you guys were here when he arrived. Did, did, it was like, it was like an exponential realization, kind of like how he was. It's like the potential was there, but it was like, sure. Really, when you saw when you saw him pick it off versus UCF, it was like, all right, this kid can do anything. And then it kind of just slowly turned into like, I mean, oh my god, he's a yeah. Girl. It was like then it was like yeah, it was like that developed. It took like a some time. Like holy shit! And then like the last two years, you're just like this dude is insane. Well, like I also think like campus. I was like, this is the best player to ever come here, and right, he's going to be right. a lottery pick. He no. was 148 pounds soaking wet when he got here. Yeah. yeah. Well, I also think like I mean, he, he gets put on on the map right with the uh, UCF game, and then you're like, I mean, you know, it was one game. You know, every, anybody can do it once, and then it happens during the ECU game. Yeah. In a similar situation that wins us the game, it's like, all right, this kid's insane you know what i mean yeah. so right yeah yeah well i yeah i mean he he obviously has taken that to even another further level and you know it, it feels good to to actually have validation more you know like like you were saying joel in your last you know preseason game just showing that you that you fit because there were still some doubts even you got, got drafted in the top five it was like yeah well he was covering you know lower level players and now he's out there just dominating so huge uh huge profit huge Brent, who you got uh man, you know what? I'm gonna go off the map a little bit. Why not? Let's have some fun. Uh, I think Jane Thompson has done a good job stepping up, having having himself a nice little year. Uh, let's go ahead and say, uh, O'Quinn has has been a good anchor, just trying to you know lead that that offensive line that was put together, kind of kind of ragtag there at the end of uh, of camp after the Renfro injury, and then I'm gonna roll with. Uh, Josh Wiley becoming the uh, tight end with the most re- touchdown receptions in UC history. There you go. Off the map. De- when the defense, de- defense. Defense. Oh. I like – all right. Hopefully no no ECU player, people are still listening, but I love threats more and more every week. I don't care that, you know, there was that targeting call or whatnot. He's flying around, and he's starting to play without thinking too much. Uh, he's not necessarily an MVP, but – you know, I I, guess I think next year threats and Armorion, as long as they don't kill anybody, 
<laughs> that's gonna be like a. That's gonna be as deadly a safety combo as you can ask for. Oh, those I two, those two are aggressive on the uh, back end of the defense. I'll go Sammy Anderson as well. I think what he's done over the last like month. I would I would give Taj Taj and, and Sammy well, and the yeah. nickel have been awesome. Put them together, yeah. And and then Joel, I, what are your thoughts on on Jaheim and 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 you too, Ryan? I feel like it, like Jaheim stepped up over the past couple of weeks. He seems like he's starting to play you know more freely and whatnot. Absolutely, uh, Jaheim's biggest thing is he if he can play within the scheme and not think. That's when you're going to get your best Jaheim because he has an an NFL capability. Absolutely. And we called him, uh, what, uh, a PK, production king. He just (laughs) finds the ball. But his problem was he, you know, sometimes he wouldn't know his job all the time. You know what I mean? But, but, I mean, he's just gotten better and better each week. I was hyping him up after the game. I thought he had a really good game. And there's a string of plays there where he was making a bunch of tackles. and. Yep. Uh, I give him, you know, crap for the one that. Uh, I mean, I guess he set the set the guy up for targeting, right? But uh, <laughs> he got he got beat on that one. You know what I mean? On the wheel route, yeah. That was that was a horrible, horrible match. It was up. all Jaheem did on purpose because it was all an inside job. It was calculated. Yeah, right, it was right. Like, yeah. It was an inside job. <laughs> so they go to this. There should be an investigation. Brett's don't Thomas. even go for the. That's ball. who. Like, like that's who should be investigated, right? If Jaheim did a better Jaheim. job, then Brian yeah. Brian Threats wouldn't have had to yeah, the you know, in, yeah. in that yeah. guy's life. All right, Chad, who you got? Um, Tyler Scott is the obvious offensive MVP at this Correct. point. Correct. Everyone's got he has, he has nine touchdowns, all of them outside of 20 yards. 14 in his career, all of them outside all of 20 them yards. All of them outside of 20 yeah. yards. That's stupid. He's, That's the dumbest stat I've ever heard. He was a running back coming out of high school. He was not a guy with a bunch of fanfare. He is an elite field wide receiver. And I think in the NFL, he's probably going to have to, and he's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. He's probably going to have to be a slot guy in the NFL. But guess what? He's going to make a quarterback very happy, if not this year, next year, coming out of college. I would still go Trey right behind him because Trey has been phenomenal. out of the slot. And then I'm kind of mad because I think Brent stole my thunder here. The reason, one of the main reasons Trey and Tyler are so effective is because defenses have to game plan for Josh Wiley. They have to account for every, like there's a reason that you see Aaron's Aaron gets incensed that they don't motion much in this offense mm-hmm. you know who they do motion josh wiley mm-hmm. because josh wiley when they motion him the defense has to like give up respect their tell on how they're defending josh wiley mm-hmm. so i would go those three on offense on defense pace corleone and i think i would go shep just because it was so unexpected um, I, I, I'm with you on, as far as, uh, Tyler Scott, Trey, I'm, I'm going Ben only because Ben's pacing to be better than Gino statistically, which ben is, is on pace to have one of the two or three best seasons in 
program history. People are, he should have the best if he like he, he could be playing better and he knows it. He's, yeah. he's in, I think he's in his own head a little bit. Um, and, and there's when you get booed, yeah, um, I don't think he cares. He, he no, he, you, Ryan, I you care. I don't, you care. He, he's every, a good sport about it. He'll, of course, he'll he's a good sport about, about it. it, but every yeah. time Evan comes on the field, the, the, the stadium erupted to the point the offense almost struggled to get the playoff when Evan came in <laughs> in that like goal line, goal to go situation. Like it, it, it's going to affect you no matter what. It's going to affect you. Back to my MVPs, though. Um, on defense, <laughs> <laughs> on defense, I have Ivan Pace, Corleone, and also Jay Shep because, like I said, <laughs> like I said, Chad and I talked about it off air the other day. I brought up, I actually brought up the conversation that I think Shep is actually having a better year this year than Arquan Bush, and I didn't see that coming. If I'm being completely honest. So. Yeah, I mean, as we talked about though, Arquan's being asked in that field spot to play off. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, I don't love that, but I hated it last year when they made Kobe play off. It's 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 no fault of Arquan's at the field. It's no fault of Arquan's necessarily, but he's. But been... Joel, Joel, come here. Yo, come here. Why why does the field corner have to play off? Because there's mm. a legitimate reason for that, where you press the boundary. You well, it's because of space. Yes, right. Like, like I want the throw is so the, much yeah. longer to the field than it is to the boundary. There is no space to the boundary. It's bang bang. But teams are taking the free access on Arquan. Yeah, a lot. Mm -hmm. So, and and everybody is like, hey, well, why don't you press Arquan? Like I wanted him to press Kobe last year. I wanted Sauce and Kobe to be in press coverage. Yeah. Brian well, I think that it's, it out. <laughs> you know, you play different defenses and there's different things you give up. And sometimes, you know, you'd rather give up, you know, the five, the six, the eight yard right. hitch the, compared the to, 17. yeah. So then the, then the seven points. And so, um, yeah, I think it, you can play what cover two and take that away. You know what I'm saying? Like there's different change-ups that you catch them with their pants down and you, you get a big pick like Kobe did. What was it uh, against Memphis or? Yeah, the pick six. six. Yeah, the yeah. pick six he had, you know what I mean? And UCF. I, I UCF. And so, um, yeah, I think being able to switch it up is the most important thing. So they don't really got an exact beat. on. I mean, we play a lot of man, you know what I mean? And it's because we want to be aggressive, you know, and uh, but those throws are long to the field. And uh, you get a little bit more and more time to react. And, you know, one of those throws, I'm sure, are Quan's waiting to to jump, you know. You bring up Kobe. And before we get to the next question, um, how much fun was it out in Seattle playing with Kobe out there? It, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, having like a like a guy there that you just have a bond with, not necessarily you're hanging out with every day and, you know what I mean? Like on each other's hip, but just having a guy there that, you know, you have that bond and relationship with like in the game, he goes, makes a play. Like you're just familiar seeing him out on the field with you. So it's uh it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun and cheering him on and have when he has success. You ever ask him how to punch the ball out like he does? Oh, uh, we talked about it. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it's just a skill that you work and develop. I mean, he has such a great awareness of the ball, but he doesn't just do it on game days. He does it 
all the time in practice, practice. Right. Like, that's and what he is. So he's yeah. So he's constantly working it, and so it's not a surprise when it happens in the game because he always does it. And I'm like, I was talking to him like, I need, I want to start doing that more too when I'm in practice because, you know, if you don't do it in practice, how do you expect for it to happen in the game? I always laugh every time you see him tackle like the the you know the the team accounts will put out like yeah Kobe made this tackle and every time you see the tackle he's always coming with that right hand close oh, fist yeah yeah no matter what I just thought we would be remiss if we didn't ask you about your time with Kobe in mm-hmm. Seattle so did want to get there um great question killer v well done um what are your top 3 needs to move from a top 25 program to a top 10 program more talent, like more depth. That's always the goal, right? Like O and D line. Yeah, O and yeah, D line. Just, like yeah. finding finding higher level prospects on the O and D line. Not like what you know, what what gets you in trouble is if you're trying to find, you know, some random guy after you know the signing period. Yes. You know, you, you can't go find a random like is he a linebacker is he a defensive lineman that really you messed know, you he up looks he, oh 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 hey you probably Joel, won't get nothing up? out of him uh, for like uh, yeah at least four years yeah four know? years <laughs> later, like maybe four years later he's he like, wants to go to michigan and just hope he's, he's on like, the six right, and there's not going to be another covid year so you're really only getting one year out of him i say that's a pass maybe he works at a local bar and he starts rolling up like right. uh you know, beer cases like their joints, like I... <laughs> unbelievable. Just, just look at Bam. Look at the Bama game. That's a great. If you really want to know the difference, yeah. Like Bama game, yeah. our quarterback was good enough. Our all of our skill position was good enough, but we got beat up front, and we got man Georgia up front. Hudson goes out. Yeah. And instantly, they had one guy, one guy that was better at that position than the backup. For Hudson, mm-hmm. if James Hudson doesn't go out of that game, Man. I think you guys win that game comfortably. Yep, it, it, it's at the line of scrimmage, it's at the point of attack, 100%. and you know it's not having to take these wild chances at the it's last like minute on guys that nobody's ever heard of. Like we'll have these high points, you know what I mean? Joel, you got to come right. back. You got to come back to the mic, Joel. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's like we have these high points of being able to reach, like you know college football playoffs you know championships da, da, da. but we got to make sure our average like this is a year to like i think this is a, like a defining year of the program in terms of like what you really got you know i mean what is yeah. the real culture these of the last program? three games are gotta win out gotta win yeah. out and go to the cotton bowl and this is all culture you know and yeah. uh um gonna be like, going to orlando too and i wouldn't yeah. want it any other freaking way yeah. <laughs> down to the wire Come on. Yes. You're a psycho. You're going to go to the erector set, you guys? Bring the bounce house, baby. Just go right into their fucking house and take it from them. Got to ah. take care of business first, though. Brent, okay, anything to nice. add as far as needs for the uh, the program? Just, I, you know, more players like Joe DeBlanco and Ryan Royer, if I'm being honest, right? All right. Moving on. Hell yeah. <laughs> Based on who is probably coming back next year in the Thank God this year. wasn't Thursday night and he said we need more Sopcos and Saddies. <laughs> Based on who is you probably do. coming back next year in the incoming recruiting class, what positions will likely be a priority in the transfer portal during the upcoming offseason? Offensive line, pass rusher, the stuff that we just talked about. I say everyone. 
I don't think there should be a position off the board, truthfully. Well, you don't want to use one irresponsibly, I guess is the right way to put it. I get it, but at the same time, like you're going into the Big 12, bring in the best you can at any position. If they're the right fit, yes. Yeah, I mean, you go out there and see the market. I mean, the reason why we don't just bring in every, you know, transfer we can is because – you know, you you do things at key positions. You hear Fick talk about it all the time. You bring guys in at key positions that fit the mold of the program and the culture. Like, ultimately, sure. if you have a culture of a whole bunch of transfers, then once those guys are gone, you know, you're, you're you know, you're screwed. So um, it, it's tough living a life as a coach in my mind um relying on the transfer portal that's why we've done such a good job of developing the guys that we have there and we'll continue to do that and we'll continue to bring in guys like ivan pace at key positions and uh and and be able to um bring our game to the next level in other in those other areas yeah their hit rate has been phenomenal mm-hmm. in, the, in the transfer portal i mean you look at ryan co you look at ivan pace um i mean the, even going back to last season, uh, I mean, they've been Corey Kiner. I mean, the, I don't know. I, I can't think of many Tunstall. Who have they missed on in the transfer portal? Um, uh, the safety from Alabama. What's his name? I can't remember. Yeah. McDonald. What's his name? Yeah. Yeah. Ky- Kyrie. Kyrie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, That's but, all but, they missed. But Jerome Ford, I mean, like, Hundred percent. They've been so good in the transfer portal. Like, yeah. I don't expect them to do anything. They're in the Beavers. Portal. Yeah. Uh, Brian Cook. Brian Cook. It's yeah. <laughs> all pretty good examples. Yeah. <laughs> good I, job, I Coach Brian Cook Pickle. Was pretty good. So I don't yes. expect them to do anything in the transfer portal that's going to. And track record speaks for itself. Yeah. And look, there were a lot of people when that like the, Brian. the Cook and. The Cook and Beavers thing happened fast. Yeah. Like it was the end of Ben Bryant. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the Cook and Beavers thing happened fast. It was like the beginning of the offseason, right before like the you know spring ball. Got to get these guys in. And everybody in town was like, we're bringing in like a two-star from UConn and a guy <laughs> nobody had any clue existed from Howard. NFL uh, players, yeah, no, just, no big deal. Just you know, high, you know, mid-level like high-round draft picks. I still love when Beaver's picture from UConn goes out, where he's like flexing in his dorm room or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and Beaver's best friend at UConn was Tunstall. Yeah, like that, that. You know. Yeah, they're tight. And did did Brian Cook scare you guys as much as he scared me when he showed up? He terrified. He's just—I was just very intrigued by him. I was like, because he just showed up like uh, predator, like a, our, like a our, freak. Just never yeah, talked. Bowl game practices, yeah, right, just right going between crazy. the bowl game. And like, I'm yeah. like, who is this guy? And then he started <laughs> playing, and you're like, you knew he had some shit to him, though. You're like, yeah, we, I don't like. You can tell like immediately when like you come into contact with the guys. Like, all right, this this guy's got some shit to him, and I knew that right away. They have earned the benefit of the doubt on who they think is a fit in the transfer portal and those guys coming in and being effective. 
All right. I mean, ask Aaron. Lou Smith is, you know, he's he's really found his niche this year. He is he is a phenomenal blocker on running plays. And he's made a couple catches. He he's had a good year. Catches. I I I stand for him for what, Chug, three, Chug, three years. Chug, Chug. <laughs> oh shit, is my camera on? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, and last too many of these damn whipped cream cans over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly, uh, football, uh, lastly, lastly in the football, uh, since this is Sorry, Gino's guys. second year of play, calling, do you think the change from a dual threat quarterback versus a pocket passer has caused some of his challenges, or is it more due to the coaching changes not gelling yet? Desmond Ritter, Jerome Ford, Alec Pierce. Big. Jake Renfro getting hurt. Like there's a lot that has happened. Like yeah. I, I, I posted this earlier this week. You know how many people were thrilled with Marcus Freeman at the end of the 2017 th- season? Yeah. Everybody wanted to fire his ass immediately yep. into the sun. <laughs> yeah. Joel was there, you know, yep. I like, remember you guys got Freeman would stay overnight in his office and blow up an air mattress because he'd be trying to solve the issue. <laughs> with, with six so kids at home, that's not an easy Yeah, home, that's right? not an easy task. <laughs> yeah. Vinny. Vinny taught him, it's okay, Dad. I still love you. Shut up. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. We need one more. <laughs> we need one more of these guys. He's seniors. Right? Psychopath tendencies paid off. Yes. <laughs> Give Gino some time. Gino's the best, man. Like, yeah. Come on. Like, Don't what I've right. heard this year and this fan base turning on Gino Gadouli. Gino fucking Gadouli. Just get Rumfro back. I don't next know where they're from. Get Cummings another year with the O line with his guys, and we'll be fine. Find find some more uh, Hubers, right? Find some more Joe Hubers, and everything's gonna be okay. <laughs> Dog. In the rough. Joel, right. your your thoughts on Joe Huber? He's a freak. <laughs> he reminds, he, yeah, he's uh he's built like <laughs> this character in this game I played growing up called Spyro. It uh he, he just looked he, he's dragon? Like, yep. Yeah, like a secret a secret agent. <laughs> I'm a secret agent. Best and, hair uh, on the team. Oh yeah, for sure. He's got some flow. Without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, he's a freak. That's, there ain't that's, many of those. That's the football portion of the mailbag. Moving into the basketball portion of the mailbag. Maybe, maybe we don't get so deep, but hopefully, oh. Ryan's done his homework. Yes. Is the combination of Hensley and Odie an adequate substitute for JN3 or possibly better given, as that's John Newman, by the way, or possibly better given 10 fouls and versatility? There's no adequate substitute for John Newman. He's one of the best perimeter defenders in the country. So this team will not be as good as it can be However, John Newman is back. However, Hensley and Odie have been they, at least – Odie, especially in this last game, Hensley, especially in this last game. Yes. They're, they're figuring some shit out. We'll have that conversation during and after Maui. As to how Fair. much this team misses John Newman. Will he be back he, for Maui? No. 
pain. He, he, he's probably not going to be back for Christmas. I don't know if he'll be back to like gonna, to gonna, drop the gonna, ball at New Year's. Is he going to be back for conference play? Hopefully. He'll be back this year, from what I know. Will he be back soon? I, I don't believe so. I know that everyone is on edge thinking about Wednesday's big announcement. What are the celebration rituals if when we land this big fish? I don't know. I like do we have to do a 12 hour like we just were live for like as long I can't, as I, I cannot. Cannot do I, that. I didn't hours. ask you. I'm the game's saying. at NKU. There's a place called Skyline Tavern. I'll open up a tap. <laughs> yeah. I'll have water. <laughs> Unlimited <laughs> water. I'll, I'll be on... just like, give me all the boxes. I'll roll them up. I'll, I'll be <laughs> on... Hey, you guys want me to show you how to how to handle the trash consumption here? Let me roll <laughs> these things up for you. Does anyone know where the whipped cream is? <laughs> 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 oh, Joe! I don't know. I'm sure. I'm sure I'll end up on a you... podcast with Chad, and I'm going to have the baby strapped to my chest. I feel like it's what it's going to be. It might look there. There aren't many situations that warrant um, yeah. earning money like the number one recruit in the country committing to your school. Yeah. So if that happens on like Wednesday. That. I'm going to sacrifice maybe everything. We'll see what happens. <laughs> what did it cost? Everything. everything. <laughs> Is Josh Reed definitely redshirting? I don't know. I think it depends on the injury situation, right? Like, <laughs> right. I like, mean, if if anybody else goes down at the four, I think that you want to have more depth at the four, probably over anywhere. Does Josh Reed want to redshirt? No, of course I think not. This, that's the reason you see Sage not dressed as if he could go in the game, but Josh Reed is still dressed to go in the game. People want Berg after dark. I know. Daniel. I threw that up. I mean, I'll see. Berg has Berg has a lot going on. Who the hell's Berg? That's it's a long story. <laughs> he used to write for Chad. He, he he still writes for Chad. He he owns a landscape company. He's the most entertaining writer okay. that covers UC that you will find. In basketball. In basketball. And nah, football. Nah, he doesn't write football. In basketball, yeah. He's great. It, it, Berg's a character. At some point in time, I'll I'll get you in a podcast with Berg and you'll be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Ryan, we do things a little different. Like yeah. I, I like weird brains. I don't like, you know, it, I, we have Justin on every once in a while, but Justin's too pretty for this. Where we lost Joel. All right. Has Ravon or Jizzle signed yet, or are they waiting to sign together with Isaiah if he commits? Jizzle has signed. Uh, Ravon will have his signing ceremony uh, when he comes okay. back to Cincinnati for Thanksgiving. For Thanksgiving. Wednesday. They is have the nothing to do with Isaiah. Wednesday is the deadline. Just saying. Yeah. How does the Kalu we have seen so far this season differ than what you have seen or expected? Is it as simple as confidence? I do think it's as simple as confidence. I think offensively, he's an offensive-minded guy. I think he is still trying to find 
his place offensively. Um, and once that happens, I think he'll be all right. It hasn't happened yet. He hasn't been, he's been, he's looked uncomfortable. I think he's still trying to figure out his role on this. Yeah. And that's team. when you yeah. look uncomfortable, right? Like yeah. when you're trying to figure out your role, you look uncomfortable. Brent, anything? <laughs> I, I think in college sports, confidence is a, a very underrated aspect. So, right. yeah, if he's confident, then <laughs> it's only going to help. All right. So, can you all hit the big Vic flex for us? Um, I think his biggest flex is the behind the back pass. So, yeah, that was nasty. But this is what they all did when he did the behind the back. I'm just is that like is that like the show of the basketball team? I think it's the show of the like it's this of the basketball team. Except except yeah. for except for Skillings jumping around on one foot. Do you guys follow Vic on Twitter at all, or, or did you guys have any interaction? I didn't know he with, had a Twitter. Vic Lockin, back I in the know, day. I didn't no? know he had a Twitter. No. Just a seven oh. foot Russian walking. Around. I, I thought Ryan was getting ready to say something. He was yawning. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that was the basketball portion of the mailbag. Moving on to the banks portion of the mailbag. Oh. Rapid fire. Best Pringles flavor? Cheese. Cheesums. Cheese. Joel? Sour, sour Wait, cream. What? Best Pringles Best flavor. Best Pringles flavor. Uh, original. Sour cream and onion. Man, don't drink original Outback. water. Ribs. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, are we talking about beef ribs or, bri- or uh, pork ribs? It that's just important. says ribs. That like that's brisket or ribs. I go. I go beef ribs over. Brisket. I go Montgomery in. Give me all that. GE's taking us there on Wednesday. I'm hey, Texas man. Roadhouse. <laughs> yeah, free uh, Texas free Roadhouse over Outback a thousand percent. No yeah. way. Burnt ends. Are you serious? Yes. Are you, are you kidding me? Outback serious. Toes down Outback. Can I? Can I? Can no. I ask these questions before we're all just answering everything? <laughs> Jesus. I didn't even get to give my brisket or ribs take. Uh, I also go Montgomery in. Thank you. Uh, Brent, did you answer this one? I, I just I came back from Texas. So. Everyone, everyone's screaming, Brent. I said uh, I said burnt ends. That's kind of brisket. So, that's, uh, I don't it know is. if that's even on here. Um, Turkey tips from Barn- Alabama Q. All right. So Texas, <laughs> Texas Roadhouse or Outback? I go Outback. Yeah. You guys are... What do you I, get there? You don't get steak. I don't eat steak, sure. so it's yeah, fine. Why don't you steak? eat steak? I've never, never been to Texas Roadhouse. I'm just not a steak person. I don't know. I've never, I've never good. been a steak That's person. It's, it's is there, like, hold on. Ryan, Joel. Is there any more reason to fire someone than I just don't like steak? Yeah, I mean. You were talking to, like, Joel is going to assault you for that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys want to see uh, a steak I cook? Joel doesn't drink or do drugs. You know what he does? Cow. Yes. <laughs> he does steak. cow. This I guy, like, like, he'll oh, come in a football and be like, Royer, look at this marbling I had on this steak last night. Dude, it was we had so a good. I'm like, I don't get steak. Last steak. Aaron, steak. That's what <laughs> we had. That is, that is Joel DeBlanco's drug. Oh, Damn. Yeah. That's a Tommy. Yeah. The boy. Was, was that for uh, was that for Yellowstone last night? That's that. Fire that's that. Stick? That's the NFL preseason money right there. 
No. What? No, that was that was after uh, I'd signed with the Saints, a little celebratory, you know. So yeah, okay. that NFL that's preseason money right there. I ain't getting no money. Like no streaming money hitting your line. Come on, X. <laughs> the doobie. All right, follow up follow question. Me. Twitch back. Follow up question: Assuming Royer can design a trebuchet for me, can Aaron make a guest appearance the first time I use it? Yes. I don't. I don't want to be catapulted. What I'll catapult you. I'll catapult you to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to cover no. the Tulsa Golden Hurricane no, in their homecoming game matchup against the Temple Owls. And their star than player Ethan Hall. Better than Wright. <laughs> um, and then P.S. Brent, I feel like you. I never ask you anything, despite you being my favorite. Where does your never-ending <laughs> optimism come from? Hashtag AAC twenty-three. Oh man, uh, you know what? I, I find it to be it's a lot harder to be mean than it is to be nice in my eyes. So, it's a blessing and a curse. You got to have a uh, I find it pretty easy to be mean, positive outlook on huh. everything. Yeah, Chad, we know we just follow your Twitter account, we can find that out pretty quick. Hey, a hey. blessing and a curse. <laughs> if you keep a positive mindset through everything, your life's gonna be pretty darn dark, doggone happy. How are there 66 people still watching this show? Amen, brother. I have no idea. <laughs> um, but, uh, one last question. Wes Miller is putting a Bearcat Journal roster together composed of Chad, Brent, Dave, Berg, Aaron, Royer, Reagan, Mick, and Jeff. Who is the starting five? Who leads the team in scoring? Oh, I am going to town on y'all. I'm yeah, absolutely Royer. starting, no doubt. I'm tired be... thinking of it. Let's see here. <laughs> I've been leading. to Wes's practices. I'm good. Leading score. Uh, Jeff. I, Jeff's going to be a prominent player in this thing, right? Jeff's like Jeff's a, Jeff and Roy, a detective yeah. for the Cincinnati Jeff Police Department. What about me? You ain't seen me on the hardwood, baby. Right. No, <laughs> we've yeah. just seen you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan saw me for the first time. Doesn't look, I've got a little athleticism look to me. I was digging that polo, man. Dressed to death. The button down. The full button down. The full button down with the with he the, had the slackies on. He was coming back from homecoming. <laughs> yeah. Coming back from homecoming. Hey, dress dress for just the got, next job, not the current. He just job. got grinded on so, for the first time. In terms of like, if we're really putting a BCJ <laughs> roster together, I'm taking Royer, DeBlanco, Soppy, Staddy. Stat, Staddy can. That is really Staddy good. Yeah, yeah, Staddy can hope. Stat, Matt, Staddy's Matt one of those might, guys that Matt just got can hoop a little too, man. Who? I'm probably taking Garrett. We're like, we need some size, right? Yeah. MetLife Matt is not big. I don't. I, Matt's a coach, though. Yeah. Yeah, he would be the coach. Matt would be the coach. Fair. The not, but not I'm taking. Matt. I'm taking all the former athletes. Like, no, I don't blame him anyway. Point before. now, we're getting to a point now where I purposely included a bunch of former athletes into this universe because they're former athletes and I'm just an asshole. So who leads the team in scoring? <laughs> Staddy out of those. Mm-hmm. I agree. Soppy, Soppy's not a basketball guy? He can mess around a little bit. Yeah. Um, Staddy really be hooping though. Like if there's pickup <laughs> games. He was there. In the rack. He was there. there All right. I'll go Staddy. We're down in the practice gym. I'll go Staddy then. Jeff said, Jeff, Jeff from the rafters. Jeff said, I'm 100% starting. 
Brent could spell Royer backup. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm off the team. That's the mailbag. All right, get us out of here, Brent. Jesus, hey. two hours and 40 minutes. <laughs> Joel's never coming back. Joel's never coming I, back. I, I, I'll be honest, back. I didn't realize. I thought, you know, it'd be like an hour or something. But uh, <laughs> it's been fun. It's been, it's been fun, for sure. I really but that. we ruined the game. We kind of ruined the game, didn't we? No, what the game? game goes late. You guys playing Call of Duty. The game. Yeah, goes I don't late, know guys. if the game. I gotta. I'm gonna go wash my ass and then maybe. Yeah, I gotta wash mine too. It's been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> Get us out of here, Brian. Well, uh, so everyone can go do the ash washing. Uh, <laughs> close this one out. No washcloth, just yeah. a hand. Just a bar of soap. Just right. a bar of soap and a hand. Cloths, man. No rags. Okay. <laughs> it's an inside joke. All righty. Very thing. good. We'll have to talk about that on the outside sometime. But anyway, uh, big uh, big thanks, of course, as always, to uh, Danco Transmission. Huge thank you to Joel DeBlanco hopping on, giving a – you know, guys, two hours and 40 minutes ago, this was a surprise to Ryan Royer. I, I don't know if you forgot about that, but Hot surprise. Surprise. Awesome. But, quick uh, paper supply. Yep. Big shout out to quick paper supply as well. But as always, for everyone here, Joel, Ryan, Aaron, Chad, I am Brent Young, and again, another fantastic BBP presented by BearcatJournal.com. See ya!